Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Living the dream once again here on a fabulous Sunday. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Hartman and Ornberger with you. On a day where we have a blank canvas. It won't be that way for long, folks, because starting next week, you're going to get a... Verbal overload from us, giving you all the action around the National Football League, but we're going to set the table for you today and, of course, recap a full weekend of college football. Richie, how are you today? Dude, I am exhausted, and I think a lot of college football fans feel the same way. There was a lot of anticipation for, you know, a crazy college football weekend. The tailgates are going. People got... People got places to be and things to do and a ton of college football to watch, and I was one of those people. And I wake up this morning feeling like, I'm glad. I'm glad we have a weak buffer. I'm glad that we don't get underway in the NFL until Thursday. I'm glad that it's not until next Sunday that we truly have our first week of NFL action. Uh, You and I obviously breaking down the early slate because I think everybody needs to take the foot off the gas for one more Sunday and just collect themselves before we launch. And we will launch into this upcoming professional football season. Absolutely. You know, uh, Rich, uh, if you did not hear yesterday here on the Fox Sports Radio Network, doing a new morning show, 6 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 a.m. on the East Coast on Saturdays. How did that go yesterday, Richie? It was fun. It's me. It's Brian No. It's Jared Smith. Brian No. Obviously, everybody who listens to Fox Sports Radio has heard him forever on these airwaves. He's awesome. Uh, he plays point guard, and 
I jump in as a, a football analyst. Jared jumps in as a lead betting analyst. You can find him at PicksWise. He's working with us in conjunction with BetMGM on the weekends here, and it's just awesome. I mean, those first of all, it's a great hang. It's a party, just like everybody else is having leading up to the kickoff of college football games. And then you get some betting advice. You get to hear what the insight uh, sounds like from inside a locker room on a college football Saturday. It's cool, man. I to to, to debut a show uh, on on a weekend where you had Notre Dame, Ohio State, and you had uh, uh, Lanning returning to Georgia as the Ducks went in and and got quacked. To be frank, uh, <laughs> down there in uh, Georgia, oh. it was it was a blast though. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of our buddy Jeff Schwartz watching that game yesterday. So yeah. uh, make it a, make it a ritual every Saturday morning. Get up early, six to nine on the West Coast, nine to noon on the East Coast. The morning show there with you guys is going to be every single Saturday. We're staying put with our show here every Sunday as we have for years and years and years. Now I want to remind everyone: Rich had a very early morning yesterday, and then he headed out to what was is the brand new Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. Now I know that all around the country it's summer, it's hot, uh, but it has been unseasonably warm here in Southern California. Richie, I was up here in the LA area yesterday. How about 111 degrees? Okay. Oh, dude, I know, now when yeah. you get to 111 and they were roasting at the Rose Bowl for the UCLA game, roasting at the Coliseum for the USC game, but Snapdragon Stadium. So I'm sitting here in the comfort of our Fox Sports Radio studios, anxious to see this national TV. And of course, you and I have had a long association with San Diego State. J.D. Wicker, the athletic director, we got a full tour of the stadium. Obviously, Brady Hoke and that coaching staff, the players at San Diego State. So this was an unbelievable opportunity to showcase the new stadium on national TV. And I'm not going to blame anyone because I know they sold the game out, but there were a lot of empty seats because people just did not want to sit there and bake in that stadium, totally understandable, but set the scene, talk about this debut of this new stadium in San Diego, what did it look like, and were there a lot of people just trying to run for cover and stay out of the heat? How did this all play out? I'm so glad you asked that question because it was it was odd, right? I mean, well, let me start from the start. When you drive up to Mission Valley in San Diego. This is an area, if you've ever been to San Diego, if you've ever been to a Chargers or an Aztecs game when the Chargers were still playing in San Diego, when the Aztecs still played at the old stadium, it is an area of San Diego that's pretty much dedicated to sports. The Padres used to play there. Like I mentioned, the Char- Chargers used to play there. The Aztecs used to play there until they got the measure passed uh, to have this new stadium built. And San Diego State was able to stay on track and stay on schedule through a global pandemic and a lot of obstacles. And on September 3rd, that was the date they chose to launch this brand new stadium and to host the Arizona Wildcats of the Pac-12 and hopefully get a win, you know, a big win. Um, everything went perfectly up until the game actually kicked off. The place is beautiful. The pregame festivities out on the, uh, the, the east side of the stadium were absolutely amazing. There was just seas of people having fun, joining in on the celebration. But right, like you said, as soon as it came game time, the fans were just ducking for cover in terms of trying to beat the heat. So when when you took your binoculars and I got a set in the booth calling this game and you looked under like the shady pavilions that the the upper deck provided for the the yep. lower bowl, 
there were people, and I'm talking hundreds, thousands of people, 10, 15 people deep just lined up in the shade because that's how obtrusive the heat was. And then you look at the way the game was played, and, and Arizona, to their credit, came in with a great plan. You know, they played keep away. They possessed the ball uh, early in the game and really sort of leaned on the Aztecs' defense and got them tired and kept them on the field. And a little bit of a sloppy game overall, special teams, turnovers, and things like that. But Arizona made more big plays, and they were able to keep the pressure on the Aztecs for four quarters, and they ended up getting the win. You know, I think my biggest takeaway, and obviously we're going to go in-depth of what happened yesterday in the college football scene and some of the big games that were that transpired, but the game you're talking about, this Arizona uh, San Diego State game. A year ago, San Diego State blew out Arizona. Arizona coming off a 1-11 and season. So it figured to be, you know, a nice, tidy opening game for San Diego State. They've had great success against Pac-12 schools. You're playing a school that was 1-11 and a year ago. But what really stands out to me, Rich, are these transfers. Arizona suddenly gets the former Pac-12 freshman of the year, the Washington State quarterback. They have other transfer players, wide receiver that played a big role in their victory yesterday against the Aztecs. And it's a reminder that game and, and a lot of the other games are going to be talking about today about this transfer portal. I know everyone's focus is on the money and, you know, and uh, name, image, and likeness and you know, all this kind of stuff. But the biggest change, without doubt, in my mind in college football – is the idea of free agency where you yep. can play in one school one year and you can be in a completely different school the following year. You don't have to sit out a year. None of that happened. And that was on full display with Arizona who completely flipped their roster. Like they they took a 1-11 team. They got all these transferred players in. So you really, in preparing for Arizona, especially in the first game of the year, you got nothing to go on because they got all these new faces. How are they going to operate? And, well, it operated pretty well with a quarterback throwing four touchdown passes. But that was my biggest takeaway, Rich, yesterday, that these transfer uh, players – because there's really unknown. Will it fit? Will it work? They, to me, were the biggest story week one in the uh, college football scene. Oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, or, or one of the biggest stories. I mean, I think that what Marcus Freeman was able to do as a brand new head coach of Notre Dame, especially how it all worked out. You know, Kelly jumped ship on the program to go down to LSU. A lot of people were saying it's like rats jumping off the Titanic, right? You know, right before a ship goes down you know, it's save yourself mode. And I, I don't necessarily see it that way because of all the things you said, because of name, image, and likeness, because of the transfer portal. Like a Notre Dame can have success and stand up to an Ohio State on the road, and they were able to prove that. How about Georgia? You know, you're playing against a top 20 team, absolutely annihilating the Ducks. You know, so you look around the Pac-12 and you see like, geez, you know, who who is going to emerge, if, if anybody, out of the Pac-12 as a potential playoff team? It's going to be dicey for the Pac-12 again, and it seems that way even after week one. But yeah, Arizona, it highlights the new era of football we're in at the college football level. It, it's, it's completely changed. Jed Fish, look, 
great coach. If you don't know Jed Fish, I don't, I don't necessarily blame you. He's played understudy a lot of different places over the course of his career as an assistant coach, worked with the likes of Bill Belichick most recently with the New England Patriots, but he's worked for Steve Spurrier. He's worked with the Sean McVay staff. I mean, this guy has worked with some of the brightest minds in football, and he's a really good coach, and he got there late. He got there after the initial recruiting window had opened up, so – they needed to add a lot of bodies then. They continue to add bodies in the transfer portal. And to your, to your point again, like this idea that you could take a team one year who's only won one game, and then you can at very least debut a season getting a huge statement win based on the work you did just in collecting some talented players from outside your program. It, it has completely changed the college football landscape. A lot of people don't think for the better. I argue it is for the better. Because what's the most exciting thing about the NFL? Every year, everyone has a shot. Every spring, after the draft, everybody feels like their team's going to the Super Bowl. Oh, did you see who we got? Our new quarterback? Did you see what he did at Clemson? Oh, my God, we added so much help to the offensive line. That was the only thing holding us back this year. Next year, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, did you see the receiver we got? He had, you know, 1,200 yards receiving in Alabama. He, he's a red zone threat. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. That's the brilliance of the NFL. There's so much parity. I think that name, image, and likeness and the openness of the transfer portal gives that same parity back to college football. It also makes competition more fierce than ever because when you see what Arizona did, going from 1-11 to the performance we saw, especially offensively yesterday, the changes are dramatic, and it's available to any school out there, not just the top of the rung. Arizona's far from that. Their glory days are long in the past, but they could return quickly if they handle that transfer portal well. All right, we're going to get into a lot of the specifics. Who are the big winners? Who are the big losers in college football yesterday? Obviously, we're going to break down everything as we get ready for week one of the NFL. But stay with college football. Coming up on the other side, the big announcement. The expansion of the college football playoff. What does it mean for the future of college football? We're going to break it down coming up next. Uh, playoffs? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Harbin, Rich Hornberger here. This is Fox Sports Sunday. We get a little respite this week before all hell breaks loose next week with the launch of week one of the NFL This will be the show for you every single Sunday. If you're out and about trying to keep uh, abreast of what's happening around the NFL, usually, Rich, what do we got? Eight, nine, ten games kicking off simultaneously. Yeah. We got Sam. We got Ryan. It's all hands on deck as we try to somehow go through the commotion that is the start of the NFL season. But this week, we get a chance to catch up a little bit on what happened yesterday in college football. Obviously, we'll have plenty of previews for week one of the NFL. But the big story over the weekend in college football was the approval of the expansion of the college football playoff from four schools to 12. That's quite an expansion from four to 12. Uh, This will include... Uh, the current, and I say current because we don't know the exact landscape of college football, but the current 10 FBS conferences, the six highest ranked champions, conference champions will automatically be in, along with six at-large teams. So, Rich, this is something you and I have been talking about a lot, and they say it will happen no later than 2026 as soon as 2024, my guess is 2024 is probably a better guess because there's an insane amount of money to be made with the expansion of the college football playoff. And I'm going to say this now because, you know, I've been a big thing about the history of Division One college football, that every champion has been a mythical national champion. I haven't bought into this four-school playoff because so many schools are really excluded from the opportunity to play for a national national championship. But in my opinion... Whoever emerges out of a 12-school playoff, to me, can actually say, we won a national championship. I will buy into that. I agree with you. I think that's the best take I've heard on this all week long, and that is the truth. Like, like we we still don't have a national champion. No. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to, is we have this farcical idea of who might be the best team, but is it is it ever under dispute who's won the World Series outside of the 2017 Astros? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> right, you know, right. Has it ever been under dispute who's won the Super Bowl? Any it, sport, Rich, you could talk about I, men's, women's, college, high school. Every sport has a legitimate playoff, yep. except Division One football, and Stop finally. It. They will have that, and so I I think it's uh, I think it's due time. I think obviously everybody feels like it's overdue, um, and I don't know what the the wait is for. I don't know why we need to pretend like this can't happen immediately. Look, if the one thing the pandemic has proven to me um, is these these aren't as big of battleships that we like okay so it's difficult to turn a battleship right you know you know it's difficult to turn an aircraft carrier out to sea like it takes a while for the 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 stern and the bow to point in an in a different direction but but that was that was a falsehood that we were led led to believe that's not the case because all these 
leagues made tremendous adjustments in very short order and were able to still play these these seasons. I mean, I understand there with many adjustments. Sometimes it was 60 games in baseball. It was all the COVID protocols with football. It was this about vaccinations and that about not vaccinated. Yeah, okay, whatever you have to do, though, we, we could still play, right? And the answer was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Nothing's going to stop us from playing. We're just going to have rules put in place so that we could do it. Okay, well, then you fast forward two years and we're starting to come out of this pandemic and people are going to football games in mass and everybody's excited about college football. And I, I think we're going to see better viewership and attendance than we've ever seen across the college football landscape. And we got to wait an additional four years for them to hammer out the details. Get real. We could do this this season and we could finally have a, like you said, a true national champion out of college football, but most importantly, we could have a college football landscape that actually makes sense. Like where conference champions are conference champions for a reason, because they're going to advance or in the group of five have an opportunity to advance into an automatic bid into a playoff system that actually shows you who the best team in the nation is year in, year out. Let's do this today. Let's do this now. Well, and again, I agree with you 100%, obviously. This is long overdue, but my guess my guess is is that we have to see how this all plays out with all these conferences. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you were talking earlier after watching Arizona roll it up uh, on San Diego State yesterday, and then we see Oregon get embarrassed. And how about Utah, ranked seventh in the country, going down to the swamp yep. and losing to the Gators? What is the future of this Pac-12 conference and then you see Lincoln Riley looking like, I don't know, Lincoln Riley. When he was at Oklahoma, he's got a great quarterback in Caleb Williams. Well, they Jordan were playing Addison. Rice. They were playing Rice. <laughs> You're right. And they had three pick sixes in the game. I mean, we'll <laughs> yeah. see. I mean, they got a road game against uh, Stanford next week, and they're going to be a little more physical out there. But I think we still have no clue what the Pac-12 is going to do. We, we know. don't know. We yeah. have no idea. We know that USC and UCLA are leaving in a couple of years. Are they going to be replaced? We have heard all these different ideas of merging with the Big 12. The Big 12 was coming after Pac-12 schools. I mean, I, I think that what they're saying is 2026 at the latest, but if everything sort of resolves itself on, like, who's going to be where by 2024, then we're ready to roll because they yeah. want to get to this. Believe me, the amount of money. And now this, of course, there's, a, there's another caveat to this, something we've yeah. been talking about. Um, I saw other people talking about this immediately, but the question is this, and this actually can resolve itself, name, image, and likeness. So let's say, and I'll just use Georgia as an example, okay, just arbitrary. So let's say you got a 12-school playoff, and Georgia's the five seed, so they don't get the first round by, all right? So they're a five seed, and meaning if they're going to win a national championship, they have to play four games. And let's say they have a quarterback that's projected to be a top five pick in the draft. Well, that quarterback might say, hey, guys, I wish you all the best, but I'm not going to risk myself through four more games that could knock down my draft stock. Well, there's a way to counter that, of course. Name, image, and likeness. You want to get all this money? Guess what? You're playing in those games. And by the way, we may even sweeten the pot. How about this? We'll create a little NIL deal for you, quarterback, Mr. Future NFL guy, where for every game you win in the playoff, 
there'll be more money in it for ah. you. So you, <laughs> so you set up sort of a bonus plan, like yes. yeah, like ah, you know, I don't want to risk in this. Well, 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 hold on a second here. Yeah, okay. yeah, you wait, 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 wait partner. partner. So <laughs> okay, you you win that first game. There's a little extra for you. You win that second game. There's a whole lot more. Hey. You get to the semis, you get to that championship game, you win that championship, there's a pot of gold waiting for you before you even get to the NFL. Listen, so listen. the name, you, image, likeness thing really takes care of any thoughts because people are saying, well, there's going to be players, they back out of bowl games now. What would what would compel them to play extra games? Well, it's, it's a professional league now. There's yeah. a lot of ways to incentivize guys when it comes to money. Let me tell you something. There, there are going to be quarterbacks who we and we all know the types who are great college football quarterbacks who are going to be remembered and admired for years and years and years to come on their campus campuses. But you know what the deal is going to be when they get to the NFL. Like they'll get drafted in the second or the third or the fourth round, maybe in the fifth or the sixth, and they're going to fill out a roster and they'll survive a couple of training camps and then they'll be selling insurance back in their their old uh, their old football town. I, I like I, and that's by the way that's not bad. That's not a bad life. That's not a bad thing. And and college football is great and it has done so much for these athletes, even getting a uh, you know a, a bite at the apple at the NFL level. But but there are so many college football players who leave college early because they're worried about injuries and they go to the NFL and then they're not drafted as high as they wanted to. Or there are guys who are, you know, mediocre quarterbacks but and they have a year left of eligibility because they redshirted their freshman year, but they're like, I want out. Like I you know, what what's left for me here? I'll go be a backup in the NFL and I'll get paid a million dollars a year and that's better than than starting at, at this campus. But if it's properly incentivized, just like any of any of you out there listening today, like yeah. if your boss comes to you and says, "Hey, we need you to work through the holidays this season," you know, sometimes you know the the incentive is otherwise I'll lose my job. But sometimes it's they say, and you're going to get holiday pay, and and that's re that you say, okay, well let me go home and talk to the missus or talk to my husband about it, and and you guys have a chat about it. It's like, yeah, well we could use the extra money. Okay, yeah. I, this holiday season, you you work. We'll just we'll just bite the bullet. We'll make some cash. You have to incentivize people to do things that maybe they don't want to do, or maybe there's a better opportunity waiting for them elsewhere. And that's been the case forever for college football players. Why don't they show up in these big ball games? Sometimes it's because if they tear their knee, they're missing out on potentially tens of millions of dollars in the draft uh, in in just a few short months. So, Steve, again, spot on. If you want to see better college football, these name, image, and likeness don't create boundaries. Not yet. We don't, we're just starting this whole thing. This is It's been a little bit of a fiasco. I get it, but new things typically are. Let's see how this thing makes college football better before we predict that it's going to make it worse. No, it's going to make it much better. And you know how tied I am to college football. So I'm a big fan of all this. This is long overdue, and it's going to be a huge plus for the future of college football. All right, we're going to talk on the other side about some of the schools that looked really good yesterday. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. And Monsi's in the house. And, and Monsi, Rich, uh, by the way, she braved the heat. At least I thought she braved the heat. <laughs> No. At the Coliseum <laughs> no. yesterday, she was at the USC Rice game. 
I didn't realize she was such a college football fanatic, but oh. Monty came clean. So you weren't just sitting there. I'm, I'm, it was. No. It must have been sweltering. It at was the very, very hot. But luckily, I have a friend who hooked me up, so I was indoors uh-huh. the whole time. Nice. Okay. Uh, drinks okay. and whatnot. Okay. So, so yeah. Monty didn't actually <laughs> yeah. go to a college football game. She was sitting in a suite somewhere, yeah. and she was stirring a drink with her pinky. <laughs> And she was, you know, and while she was watching all the peons <laughs> in the sweltering heat, I bet she had some gourmet pizza, something along. <laughs> no, those no, no. Lines. I had a Beyond Burger. I had a Beyond really? Burger because they didn't have pizza in the area I was. But don't worry. Then I had pizza later on after I left. Very nice. Because very I, nice. you know, I needed to fulfill the pizza there void. She is. But she's yeah, out there. she's just like the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Just the the common the common man or woman yeah. who shows up, yeah. no. you know, pulls their boots on one. I couldn't one believe it. I was like, wow, you were out there. The Oh, no, no, it's like 200 degrees. In I there. would not have survived. I was like watching people and I was like, I can't believe these people are out there cheering, happy to be there in the sun. I was like, no, 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 no. They're delirious. There, there's no way. I ain't paying for that. Not, yeah, dude, like give it up for those people that sat there and were like true fans the whole way. I'm not a big college football fan. I didn't grow up watching a lot of college football. Uh, so I've actually only been to USC games because my my friend gives me tickets, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, man. She's like, um, I was there for the Beyond I, Burger. I was there for the free drinks, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was nice. there for the free. But hey, I, I have an SC shirt. I, I rock the roll, okay? I'm there. I'm going to cheer for them. Go Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, pick six back to back. It was great. I, I mean, wow. That was, it was a good game, but boring. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, 66 to 14 wasn't boring. really on the edge of your seat. Not at no, all. No. And it started pretty close. Like, they yeah. hit those four, the first two touchdowns. Rice did pretty early on. So, it didn't look like it was going to be that big of a blowout. And then USC got in a roll, and that's yeah. exactly what it was. A little bit of ESPN news, some good news for the Bills Mafia. ESPN is reporting that all-pro safety Jordan Poyer is tending towards playing in their week one game against the Rams. He's had an elbow injury, but it seems like he's on the right track and we should see him on the field. The NFL Network is reporting that the Cowboys are working towards a deal with former Eagle star and future Hall of Fame tackle Jason Peters after a successful visit this past week. They say he could end up with Dallas by tomorrow, so we'll see. And there's been an update. So the NFL Network is saying that the Jaguars are signing defensive lineman Adam Gotsis. Gotsis? Gotsis to the active roster. And then Mario Edwards is going to the practice squad. That is the latest with the Jaguars. Let's move on to a little Major League Baseball action. We got the Blue Jays and the Pirates. This is a big game for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are, they have the last spot in the AL wildcard race, but the Baltimore Orioles are only one and a half games back for that spot. The Orioles in a little bit will play the A's. Right now, the Blue Jays are tied with the Pirates. Three apiece, bottom of the fifth inning. The Rockies and the Reds, they're also going at it in game one of their doubleheader today, and the Reds are up 1-0 on the Rockies. And in about 25 minutes, Coco Goff, she's going to start her fourth round match at the U.S. Open. You go, girl. Back to you guys. All right, Monty. Thank you (laughs) so much. We'll check in with you a little bit later on. All right, uh, so let's let's take a little stock of what happened yesterday, and I want to ask you about, let's start at the top, right, Alabama. So yesterday on my Saturday show, and VJ Husky and I were doing the show yesterday, Rich, we're talking about some of the games that still hadn't kicked off, and I'm looking at the Alabama-Utah State game. Utah State already had a game under their belt, and I said, you know what? There's some pretty good hype for Utah State out of the Mountain West, 
Alabama's like a 42-point favorite. I'm like, I'm telling you, Utah State can cause problems. No, they caused no problems. This was an unbelievable beatdown yesterday, 55 to nothing, and it wasn't even that close. I mean, when you look at the total yards in this game, 559 to 136, it was complete demolition by Alabama. They put out a statement yesterday after seeing what Georgia did to Oregon. Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, threw for five touchdown passes in the first half. He also had 100 yards rushing on five carries. He had a 63-yard run. He had a touchdown. It's obvious that Nick Saban used this game to send a message to everybody that we're still the team to beat. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, look, uh, again, Utah State – to your to your point, they're no pushover in their conference out of the Mountain West. An 11 win season a year ago, and Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide they scheduled the Citadel or you know a Mountain West opponent uh, or or you know one of these Group of Five opponents early in the season as warm up games, and that's exactly what this was. However, in the past, I'm not saying they ever really struggle, but there are times where maybe for a half. It looks like a ball game. Maybe for the first quarter, it looks like a ball game, and then the 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 tide turns on the afterburners at some point. This was in a ball game from the word go. Uh, Alabama is as good as advertised. They have reloaded, very similar to Georgia, and it just looks like they are they are locked locked in this season like they've never been before. And maybe that's because of this off season. Nick Saban has been really vocal about condemning name, image, and likeness and the way college football is is set up at this point. And I don't want to say he's condemned it altogether. He hasn't, but he's talked about how there needs to be rules in place. And I think, I think he's going to try to send a message to college football. It doesn't matter what rules you do change and how open the, the, this is in terms of availing other teams to rebuild in, in short order. We are still going to be the top dogs come the end of the season and they're pulling out all the stops. They're not going to let anybody hang with them if they can't, if they, if they choose not to. And so that was a message sent yesterday with the Aggies. Well, if you have the best quarterback in the country, and again, he's the one toting the hardware, Bryce Young, from a year ago, and certainly did nothing to derail his early shot at getting in the Heisman chase this year, and the best defensive player, some people feel the best all-around college football player in Will Anderson Jr., that's a good starting point. But again, this you know, we we work, I, I want to get back a little bit to the to the playoff. You remember, Rich, when when they introduced the four school playoff, and they said, "Well, this is going to give more opportunity for other schools to sort of get in the mix." Immediately, I responded, "No, it's not. If anything, it's going to give more of a spotlight to the elite schools." And that's how it played out. It became Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And then some of the other team is going to be there for the fourth slot, and they're going to be no factor and, and, unless and you I have an LSU freak out or Georgia like yeah. that. But to me, it made the best even stronger. Now yeah. I'm questioning again how it's going to play with the fully expanded playoff. I mean, is there any way to derail Alabama? Is there any way to derail the Clemsons and the Ohio States of the world? Of course. And, and bring them back to a level where it's competitive for other schools. Now, name, image, and likeness plays a part of it. Certainly the transfer portal gives you an opportunity if you can get recruits in there. But I think Alabama was trying to make a message to everybody. Hey, if you're looking to transfer somewhere and you got that kind of talent – 
we're the place to go. I listen. You, I disagreed with you the whole way, and you were overwhelmingly more right than I was about the four playoff, fourteen playoff structure. Because I remember when this was first announced, and we were doing our show together. I was saying to you, Steve. I was like, this is good for football because at least get your foot in the door. And then, oh by the way, we could see an opportunity for a team to sneak in there who, you know, quote unquote, shouldn't be there because they had an undefeated season and they beat one or two teams that maybe they shouldn't have, quote-unquote, shouldn't have throughout the course of the regular season. And if they get into the postseason, we know how football is. It's four quarters. Anything can happen. It's not like series that are played out uh, on your way to the World Series in Major League Baseball or in the NBA uh, Finals or on your way to the NBA Finals. Like, when you have to face a team seven times, yeah, the better team's going to win. But one, one time, anything can happen. But, okay, was I half right? Yeah, because we saw a Bearcats, a Cincinnati sneak into there last year, but they were quickly handled. And and over the span of time, the four-team playoff bracket really has helped, you know, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the LSUs, the Alabamas of the world who are, are traditionally at the top of college football. But if you expand it further... What's going to happen is two things, and I, th- I do believe these both to be true, is one, it's going to save conferences in college football. Right now, conferences do not matter. They don't. Uh, it doesn't matter if you win your conference championship game. It has, it has nothing to do with the college football playoffs. It doesn't. But if you have auto bids and you have the five conferences automatically get a team in, based off who's the best out of their conference or, or based on who wins their conference championship. And then you have another uh, group of five consensus uh, uh, pick uh, out, of, out of the other five conferences. All of a sudden with these auto bids, it creates a lot more interest in what happens within the conference play. So I, I actually think that this is going to be a route to build up other programs who have really struggled in the past because all it takes is winning your conference and then you have a bite at that apple we were talking about. All right, so how's it going to play out? We mentioned that this college football playoff will happen, they say, at the soonest 2024, at the latest 2026. I'm going to play out a scenario on the other side and ask everyone out there listening, is this good for the future of college football coming up next? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Harvey, Rich Hornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. Really our last opportunity on this show to breathe. (laughs) <laughs> at least for the next four months uh, because oh, it'll accurate. be frantic starting next Sunday here as we get ready for week one of the NFL. We have plenty of NFL news to get to on the show today. I meant to ask you, though, yeah. what was like? What was the college football game that you were most excited to tune in and watch on week one? Well, I don't think there was any doubt. I was anxious to see the Texas-Ohio State game. By the way, I picked up where I left. I saw Notre Dame-Ohio State. I, I, I know that... Um, by the way, uh, Iowa Sam is uh, bypassing the big story yesterday. Was um, oh the game Iowa's of- a seven to three victory yesterday? The game of the century, you mean? In which they didn't score a touchdown. They got seven points seven on points a field hard goal way. and two the hard way safeties, uh, which is <laughs> you know, oh my god! And, and who was yeah. that against? That was South Dakota. South Dakota State. I, let me. Th- yeah. This is what Iowa does. SDSU, by the yeah, way. Not, yeah, not not San Diego yeah. State. South yeah. Dakota State. The Jackrabbits. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa loves to. Iowa takes pride in winning games in very odd ways like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Rich can tell you about the 6-4 Penn State Iowa game. As bad too. as yeah. Iowa's offense yep. was last year, it's worse this it, year. It's worse this year. Much worse this two, year. 2004, uh, 2004, I played it was one of the first games that I had ever witnessed in college football. I had been to a couple when I was being recruited in high school. But I'm on the sideline. I'm a Nittany Lion. It's Penn State Iowa conference rivalry. Let's go. Home game and we get beat by Iowa, and it is a a two field goal, two safety day. Iowa wins six to four, and I'm like, oh my god, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've come to a school, I've come to a school with zero offense. I've come to a school where I'm going to have. I was almost asleep on my feet on the sideline as a redshirt freshman. I'm just uh, as a redshirt player. I'm just I'm just watching this game like. This is brutal. Like, I can't believe there are this many people still in the stands. And somehow, after that slugfest, we were able to turn around that program. But good Yeah, it's because Lord. of that game, Rich. The next year, you guys shook out of it because you're so embarrassed you lost 6-4. to four. <laughs> That 
was it. That was the moment where everybody collectively we've hit looked rock at bottom each other now. Jeez. And, and said, either we're going to start playing football or we're just going to throw down the pads and we're going to put, just pick up hockey sticks, and that's what we're going to do. By the way, it was a throwback to the days of Niall Kinnick, the Heisman Trophy winner, yeah, of course, yeah. who tragically killed during World War II. During that 1939 season, the year he won the uh, Heisman Trophy, they won a game at Purdue that year by a score of four to nothing. Yes, so yes. They 30, won 1939 football. 1930, and they won games. They beat Notre Dame like seven, seven to six. Seven to six. Yep. And they had a tie against Northwestern seven seven. Yeah. So it's Iowa's a throwback. Iowa's still playing that Steve, type of ball. Iowa's still playing 1939 football. Or pass but, option. But no, yeah. We're getting crushed on Twitter right now. So listen to this from one of our listeners, Jason yeah. M. And if you want to tweet at us, we encourage it, at Ornberger, at Cannon Hartman. Uh, but listen to this. You guys are ridiculous. The best teams in CFP, year in, year out, Alabama. They are the legit champion. Y'all are effing ridiculous. Well, but, but I mean, I mean, you can make an argument. There's, there are certain years where a team is just a super team, and you're like, no one could have beaten them. But it's not a proper playoff. It I is mean, not. I mean, it used to be the polls would just arbitrarily decide. Then we had the BCS championship game where computers decided which two schools would face each other. Even with the four-school playoff, conferences were left out. I wanted to get to this point. I'll get to that Notre Dame-Ohio State prediction I had that was completely wrong yesterday. <laughs> but let me let me play this out. So, you know, it's interesting with this college football playoff here, Rich, because they're talking about 2024. Which, by the way, is the year that USC and UCLA are moving into the Big Ten. And most people expect that will be that Oklahoma and Texas officially move in the SEC. So think about this 12-school playoff. You have the six highest-ranked conference champions, right? So that's the, you know, the Power Five conferences and then the group of five. So six conference championships are in. But the six at-large schools with the expansion of the SEC and the Big Ten – how about three schools at large out of the Big Ten and three schools at large out of the SEC? I totally see that scenario playing out with the expansion of the two super conferences. Yeah. And that is your new college football playoff. Now, is that good? In other words, four schools out of the Big Ten, four schools out of the SEC, and, oh, yeah, the leftovers to the other conference champions out of the other four conferences. Is that a good scenario for college football? Well, it, get be better. Right, so now with an opportunity to to get in as an at large, and name, image, and likeness, and the openness of the transfer portal, it is now incumbent on all these football pro programs to get better. Like I, I, and and I don't care. I don't care if you want to make the excuse. Well, you know, there are so many wealthy donors at some of these other big time football programs, and that you know, institutionally, it's all in place for them to really. Uh, reap the benefits of name, image, and likeness, and blah, 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 blah. It's life's unfair. Find a way to get better. The rules have never uh, favored a team uh, taking themselves and elevating themselves from one platitude to the next. Hey, listen, we talk about Oregon all the time now, right? They just got slaughtered, I understand, this weekend in Georgia, but we talk about Oregon all the time right now. How did they do it? Okay, it was all about USC and the Pac-12 forever. And then all of a sudden, Oregon. Want to know how they did it is they changed their program from a branding standpoint. They made themselves cool. They made themselves cool. The the new jerseys every week. You know, the, the affiliation with Nike, and I understand Knight has a lot to do with it. He has a tremendous amount of money, but that's how you do it. All right. Coming up, we got a lot of NFL news to get to here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, rolling on here on this fabulous Sunday. A little bit quiet today, but believe me, starting next Sunday, it is going to be mayhem as we get the NFL season started for 2022. And Rich, tell you what gives us the opportunity to sort of set the table for this upcoming season. There are still a lot of stories that we don't have a final answer to. We're going to get to some of those over the course of the show today. Uh, but let, let's get things started. And I want to start with this. Uh, all right, hang on a second here. Rich uh, Rich is always, uh, okay. Don't, I'm back. We're Sam, good. Sam was in panic mode again. <laughs> he, he, Ryan, can, can you call Sam? I wasn't Sam panicking. Down? I mean, you're yelling at my ear. No, I just said he's he's gone. I have to reconnect him. I wasn't <laughs> like, oh, oh, I have oh. to say, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get him back. He's not going anywhere. Um, I want to start with Thursday, right? Let, let's start with the very first game where the Los Angeles Rams defending Super Bowl champions – are hosting now this is a, a ritual now you win the super bowl yeah you, you have the kickoff game at home the difference this year is the rams are an underdog they are two and a half point underdogs to the team that is favored at least in vegas to win the super bowl this year meaning the buffalo bills so let's start with the rams right now i'm trying to figure this out why are the rams not getting more respect i mean you've got all these superstars on this rams roster they're now toting those $100,000 Super Bowl rings. Why are they taking a step back? Because everyone's talking about Tampa. They're talking about Green Bay. They're talking about Buffalo. Talking about Kansas City. No one seems to be talking about the Rams. And I know it's difficult to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but they're not even in the conversation. Now, is that justified or is this team a little overlooked as we go into the new season? This is what I'll say about the Rams. Okay, they won the Super Bowl last year, but were they the best team in the NFL last year? Well, no, probably not. I mean, they are the Super Bowl champions, but you know, on paper, if you play this out or if you simula- simulate these games at the start of the season and we know that we have advanced analytics and we can look at every single angle and figure out who's the best – the Rams most likely would not have emerged as Super Bowl champions. I think we can all agree on that. But we know the volatility of the NFL uh, uh, season, and we know what can happen in the postseason. I mean, the Buccaneers that they faced in the postseason, I'm sorry, they were not the Buccaneers at their highest level of strength. They had injuries up front on the offensive line. Their center was playing on a sprained ankle and a sore leg. Uh, They lost their right tackle. They were a different team in the postseason than they were in the regular season. And, And again, I'm not taking away the Super Bowl victory from the Los Angeles Rams, but when they're playing against the Buffalo Bills, who is one of the cream of the crop talents in all of the NFL, or if, you know, they were scheduled to face the Chiefs, or, you know, you name it, like, I can, yeah, I can sort of understand how you could be home dogs in a situation like that, and also how the general public sees it. Yeah, you look around and you look at some of the weapons that the Bills have and the defense that they've been able to create. Uh, we know that these point spreads aren't always completely. Uh, reliant on what's actually going to be the outcome of the game. It, it can also be to sway the public one way or another or to follow the trends in terms of betting. So that's part of the equation too. I, I like the Rams this season. I'm not trying to diminish them as Super Bowl champions a season ago, but there's a, there's a couple of teams at the tippy top of this league in terms of talent uh, that you have to take a very close look at 
and the Bills are absolutely one of them. So in the season opener where you you don't know, you don't know until you get out there and you start playing what special blitz is or offensive packages that either team has. I could I could see this point I could I could have seen this being a pick'em for crying out loud. I I I'm having a tough time deciding which way I would go. I I tell you sort of flew under the radar was the signing of Bobby Wagner. I mean, Bobby Wagner is going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's 32 years old. He's not 35 years old. He was third in the league in tackles a year ago. The guy has been a tackling machine ever since he came in the NFL. But I look back last year at the revival of Odell Beckham Jr. when he put on that Rams uniform, Vaughn Miller. I mean, suddenly you have these guys have a revival when they're on a team that is a legitimate contender to get to the Super Bowl, and those guys ended up with Super Bowl rings. I think a guy like Bobby Wagner is used to being on winning teams in Seattle. They obviously took a step back last year. I think he's going to be revived. I think he's going to have impact on this team. I don't see where Matthew Stafford or Cooper Cup are going to take a step back unless, of course, that elbow situation with Stafford is more serious than a lot of people fear. But I do think they're flying a little bit under the radar. I like the Rams in that opening game. I'll take the two and a half points. Of course, I also loved Ohio State to blow out Notre Dame yesterday, (laughs) and I thought Utah State would keep it close against Alabama. So when it comes to me prognosticating, always go the other way. But at least on paper, I think the Rams may be flying under the radar. But let me ask you about the Bills, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a a lot of the hype on the Bills this year is based on the last time we saw the Bills in that insane all-time classic playoff shootout that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that yeah, that's your last memory, game. right? That's, yeah. that's that's what that was our last memory of the Bills and you know that the whole argument about, you know, they changed the rules. They literally changed the rules now that even if the other team scores a touchdown in overtime, it's not the end of the game. Like you get now a chance to still get the ball back. So they literally changed the rules in postseason play based on that game. But the Bills haven't gotten to the Super Bowl yet. I mean, they haven't been to the Super Bowl since the Jim Kelly days with Marv Levy and company. So are we anointing them the best team in the NFL prematurely, or should they be on that short list of teams that are likely to win the Super Bowl this year? Look, they um, they return a lot of their key talent, very similar to the Rams. Um Look, I, I think I think this is a great test for the Bills. I think that there's a lot that have been said this offseason about Buffalo, and the only way to prove it true is if you get a, a – look, I a win is enough, but if they can have, you know, a 10-point disparity between them and the Super Bowl champs, if they can win by two touchdowns, it puts the rest of the league on warning. Like, there's a new sheriff in town, and it's Josh Allen especially if he has a big game. Here, here's the deal. Look, the Rams are a talented team, and they return their core group. They still have Matthew Stafford. You mentioned the elbow, but we'll see. Aaron Donald comes back. He says he's going to do it as long as Sean McVay is the head coach of the Rams. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have Cooper Cup. Um, they have other stars that have returned to this roster. This is this is truly going to be a test. This isn't a walkover. This is a great game to kick off your season with because the Bills – are an astounding favorite on paper. But these games have to be played. And Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league right now. He came in in his 30s, and everybody was like, how the heck is this going to work? And he immediately had success, and he's turned this team into an annual contender. So I, I... 
for for everything you could say about the Buffalo Bills leading up to this matchup and everything you could say about Sean McDermott leading up to this matchup, he's been a great head coach in his own right out there in Buffalo. You, you got to play these games. And so I'm not ready to coronate the Bills until I see them. Give me week one against the Rams. Let me see what they look like by week five. It, are they as good as advertised? We don't know until we know. That's what's beautiful about the week one. That, that's what's beautiful about week one in, in college football. You've had all offseason to prepare for these games. Yeah, and, and the thing about the NFL following it all these years, every year – there are three or four teams that you go into the season say, hey, they're going to be good, and they're not. And there's three or four teams every year that you're like, where did they come from? Yep. Like, this, this, What happened? How did they all of a sudden get so good? So it's hard to predict in the National Football League, despite the continuity of talent and everything else, so many factors, injuries and everything else, just momentum. And obviously, Richie, you were a part of that on both sides of it, the good, the bad, the ugly uh, during the, your NFL career. All right, coming up on the other side, I'm going to take a little early break because to me, I want to get into a little extra depth about the decision the 49ers made with Jimmy Garoppolo because, you know, we talk about a 49er team that, let's remind everyone, they were on the road against the Rams in the NFC Championship game and they were leading 17-7 to going into the fourth quarter. They were a dropped interception away of being in the Super Bowl and maybe – defending Super Bowl champions. Why did they make the decision they did with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it about him? Is it about Trey Lance? Is it about where the organization is? We'll break it down coming up next. Steve. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. Well, Rich, one of the ongoing stories we've been talking about for months 
really since the end of the last season is what's going to be the fate of Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker Mayfield, he was the other guy. He ends up in Carolina. But Jimmy Garoppolo is staying put in San Francisco. And we even talked about this a week ago when the 49ers suddenly said, well, don't be surprised if we keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think you and I were on the same page saying, well, that is not a good idea. Even if you get a a cut rate to have him on the sidelines after all you invested to move up in the draft to get Trey Lance can create a very tenuous situation at your quarterback position but that's exactly what the 49ers have decided to do. So let's let's try to figure this out. You're John Lynch. You're Kyle Shanahan. From where I'm sitting, it tells me you're still not 100% comfortable that Trey Lance is ready to take over a team that, as I mentioned, was a dropped interception away from potentially winning the Super Bowl a year ago. I would have favored the 49ers over the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Yes, in the in that. So um, what what is your read on all this? Is this an indictment on Trey Lance? Is this insurance for a team that if it doesn't work for Trey Lance, we know we have a quarterback that even if he's just a passenger on a luxury liner, knows how to guide this team to W's? How do you read into this? It is an indictment on Trey Lance. And it's it's not Trey Lance's fault. I mean, he's he's a rookie last year, and um, and he's a second year untested player this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's he's going to have to now produce because he's your starting quarterback, and whatever happens from this point forward is 100% on him and then the development that's taken place. So on Shanahan and John Lynch for bringing him into the organization in the first place, but as it stands right now. Uh, what the 49ers have done as a franchise is gone all in on a player they're still unsure about. And let's just trace this back throughout the offseason. If Jimmy Garoppolo was truly a backup quarterback the entire offseason, he'd already be gone. He'd already be gone because you don't really care what trade value you get for him. You do and you don't. You do to the extent of, look, we want to get something for him. But if somebody offered you a seventh-round draft pick and that's the best you could get, you'd say, okay, yeah, because guess what? He's our backup quarterback. And what does a backup quarterback mean to your franchise in terms of value? Not very much. Because typically if you are – are, are all in on a starting quarterback like we've heard from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch this offseason, this is Trey's team, then the backup shouldn't have that much value. You should be willing to part with him. And you should be willing to you know, get that money off the books. But they weren't willing to part with him. They wanted more value for him because they feel like he's valuable to their football program. And why? We go back to Trey Lance because he's not ready. That's why. If they were 100% certain that Trey Lance was 100% ready, they wouldn't really care who their backup quarterback was as long as he was competent enough to right the ship while Trey was out. The reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is still 49er is because they think that they may need Jimmy Garoppolo to bail them out this season. That is the only reason to me why it's happened this way. Are you surprised that there was no market for Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I got to believe that had there been any offer on the table – the 49ers would have made it. This is a guy that, including his postseason record, which, by the way, is 4-2, and two, has a career postseason record, of, or overall record, as a starting quarterback of 37-16. and 16. That's a pretty good record for any quarterback. And, by the way, his career passer rating regular season is 98.9. 
So the numbers say when on the field, unless it's just a health situation, because he's only had two full years, 2019 and 2021, when he's been on the field, by the way, both very successful years in terms of wins and losses. Is that it? I mean, when you watch Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he's winning games at the higher rate. I think they have some, you know, cockamamie stat where the all-time quarterbacks, there's only like six or seven quarterbacks that have ever had like a 700 winning percentage, and he's one of them. I'm certainly not saying like he is the kind of guy that, oh, you stick him in the lineup, he's automatically going to win games. But in a in a sport where every team is desperate just to find competence at the quarterback position, are you surprised that no team, made any kind of serious offer to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, am I surprised? The answer is no, because it's 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 poor timing when he finally came out of this shoulder surgery and had, you know, clear medical reports. Look, I mean, Jimmy G is a nice quarterback. He's not great, but he's a nice quarterback. And there's a lot of teams who have nice quarterbacks on their roster who are healthy. So he had a throwing shoulder surgery that needed to be cleared up before he was even tradable. That's first of all. Now, maybe somebody would have traded for something, you know, way under what the 49ers perceived as market value for Jimmy Garoppolo and they turned them down, whatever. But then the draft happened. And then we saw, you know, trades occur. And then we saw a lot of the the chairs get filled in this musical chairs of an offseason at the quarterback position. And, and the Niners and Jimmy G were sort of left without a chair. And so <clears throat> am I surprised? No. I'm also I'm also not surprised because again, I think the asking price from the 49ers was too steep. I think that was a bigger part of this conversation as anything. The fact that the 49ers wanted a lot more than was being uh, uh, bargaining for by other teams. I bet you there were teams who were interested in Jimmy G. I guarantee you that there were teams that were interested. Carolina comes to mind before they traded for Baker Mayfield. I'm sure they were on the phone with the 49ers and they were like, hey, look, we want to send you a conditional fifth. And they probably laughed them off the phone like, Jimmy G, a conditional fifth. Are you kidding me? It's like, all right, well, we'll call the Browns and we'll ask them if they could do it for Baker. And oh, by the way, we're going to try to get Baker for cheaper when he gets here. Could he eat some of the Jimmy G salary? They're going to, oh, no, get off the phone. Well, why? The answer is very simple. It's because the 49ers see value in keeping Jimmy G on the roster because Trey Lance isn't 100% ready. If somebody was going to offer the moon for Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, sure. A second rounder, uh, you know, uh, 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 say a third and a fourth, I could see them maybe moving him for some draft capital. But the reason why they value Jimmy G is because he's still important to their football program. So they were looking at it like somebody is going to have to move us off of Jimmy G in order of us to part with the value um, that he adds to our roster for whatever we're getting in return. I really truly think he's valuable to their program. I really truly think that Trey Lance, based on how they've acted, I'm talking about the 49ers, have treated this offseason with Jimmy G. I really feel like they don't think Trey Lance is ready, and that's a reason why he's still there as the backup. And if Trey Lance struggles early, Steve, you're going to start hearing the chants from the stands, the fan base. It's going to be Jimmy G, Jimmy G. They're going to want him back on the field, and some of the players will too. Yeah, I've, you know, a lot of people have asked me about our industry, right? And how, how you navigate this industry. And the one thing I always tell everybody, and this is true of any business, if it's a business you want to be part of, you have to stay in the game. Yep. And Jimmy Garoppolo is decided to stay in the game. 
Now, he could have played hardball here. He could have insisted on being released out of his deal. We know this. The 49ers were never going to pay him $26.9 million on the cap this year as a backup quarterback. If he was going to stay with the 49ers, it would have to be at a serious reduction in pay, and he did that. He made the decision that I have a better opportunity at a reduced salary because he obviously has been making good money over several years because who knows how it plays out. If Trey Lance does not produce, they will not hesitate to put me back in and suddenly my stock could increase or I may have a, a, a further future with the 49er organization. But I think it was a very smart play by him. Take less money. See how it plays out in San Francisco. If you end up sitting on the bench all year, honestly, no harm done. You then become a free agent, and at the very least, you have one of the most desirable jobs in America, backup quarterback in the NFL, which a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo can maintain for years and years and years and make some pretty good money. So this is a very smart move by a guy that impresses me as a guy he understands the PR game He's well-loved by his teammates. He's well-loved by the organization. He's made some personal sacrifices, but how personal are they? He's already made a lot of money. You know, my guess is he's got a pretty good bank account right now. So stay in the game. Where is my best opportunity? And for Jimmy Garoppolo, looking at the landscape, his best opportunity right now is staying with the 49ers. Absolutely. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I said this on Friday uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a sprained ankle from starting his modeling career. Yeah, like what? Like <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's already earned like a tremendous amount of money in this league. He's already played in a Super Bowl. He's won one with the 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 Patriots. As he's a got his endorsement deals. Subway, you see endo- that? Yeah, I, it's just it, to me. Yeah, like you said, worst case scenario, you're a backup the rest of your career. Best case scenario, if Trey Lance falters, you're right back into the chair you were in last year, and it's going to be an easier season for you from the standpoint of the press because last year when Jimmy G played a bad game he had to answer all the questions about what Trey Lance potentially could be if he starts filling in as a starter and and all the questions about Jimmy G's future and all the questions about the future of the 49ers well guess what that gets easier now with with Jimmy G coming in after Trey Lance stumbles now it's going to be more positive like hey the pressure's on the 49ers do you extend Jimmy Garoppolo again, especially since you missed with Trey Lance, if there are some early question marks around Trey Lance's performance? Or is it going to be a situation where, you know, you 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 are sticking with the kid, you're just giving him more time to mature at practice? So it takes the pressure off Jimmy Garoppolo altogether. He's going to be answering questions as a backup who started the season as a backup, who took over as a starter. Hey, listen, I'm just here counting house money, trying to win football games while they figure it out. I'm happy to be here, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be winning with these guys in this locker room, just like we've done in years past. He's going to look like a hero. The, the, the Shanahan-Lynch-Trey Lance triumvirate, that's a completely different story. If, if Trey Lance isn't ready, if he isn't right, then there's going to be a lot of questions to be answered. And it starts with Jed York, the principal owner of the San Francisco 49ers, who knows how much it took to get Trey Lance through the doors. And so if he's not working out, 
Uh, those are some tough questions that, that Shanahan and Lynch are going to have to answer. All right, let's find out what's trending right now. Monsi is back. I'm here. Let me ask you this, Monsi, and, and I don't want to be, like, sexist or anything, but, you know, when, when guys... <laughs> That's a great when, way to start I know, right? Well, I just I want to say this because I want to preface, because, you know, we look at a guy like Jimmy G, guys look at Jimmy G, and yeah. we're like, that's a good-looking guy, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, he, yeah we know, could tell. You, yeah, we're looking at a guy like, okay, that—that's whether he, he Jimmy could, Garoppolo he, he is go, smoking hot. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> you look at Jimmy this guy, Garoppolo. He's mm, got mm, the facial mm. structure. He can wear the beard, no beard. It doesn't matter yeah. with this guy. I mean, he can wear the hell out of a pair of jeans. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get the female perspective on that. Does that play at all? In the appeal of an athlete, of the appearance of a guy, or it, it are does, you just like everyone else? Hey, if the guy who's a good quarterback is a good quarterback, how does that play so out? So it uh, definitely looks, obviously, matter. You can't tell me they don't, but they can only go so far. So I think yeah. one of the reasons Jimmy Garoppolo is so well-liked, and yeah, his looks are, he's good-looking, you can tell, is he's also seems like a nice guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to stir, nice. the par- yeah. stir the pot. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's another reason that he he is so liked. It's like not only do you are are you really attractive, but you seem like a nice guy. Like let's go have a cocktail. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, from the male perspective, I completely agree. Second yeah. it, I'm like, man, you are handsome and you're really nice. Are you really nice? Let's go yeah. have a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and he's in the company of very interesting women <laughs> exactly. over the years. Yeah, yeah which uh, yeah, right, like so. no scandals, nothing. You know what I yeah. mean? That all helps. That all helps because looks can only take you so far. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you could be good looking, but I might not want to have a cocktail with you. So yeah, yeah. I want to have a cocktail well, with Jimmy. Well, well, unless unless you give her free USC tickets yeah. and she can be <laughs> indoors the entire game eating gourmet pizza and yeah. cocktails. Okay, yeah, you can probably win me over that way. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, let's do a little NFL news since we're on that. The Patriots, who will play the Dolphins on Sunday for their week one matchup. We're so close, guys, to the start of the NFL season. So exciting. They're going to be traveling to South Florida on Tuesday. So five, five days earlier, it's not because Bill Belichick wants to get a tan or anything like that. They want to go because they want to get properly acclimated to the heat and the humidity that is going on right now in South Florida. Smart. Really I think that's, smart. Yeah, I think that's a really, really smart uh, move. I don't know if you guys heard this story a couple days ago. Uh, there was a Dolphins fan that was asked who the most annoying player in the NFL is. And this Dolphins player said, Julian Edelman, who's retired. He's like, I know he's retired, but F that guy. He has the most punchable face in the NFL. And then Julian <laughs> Edelman retweeted that video of the guy saying that, and he's like, bro, WTF? What are you, I'm not. I'm retired. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Poor Julian Edelman still can't catch a break even though he's retired. Let's move on to Major League Baseball because Aaron Judge has hit his 53rd homer wow. of the season. The game started, and he hit the home run. Like, right away in the first inning. Absolutely insane. His second in the last two days. So, right now, the Yankees are up on the Rays 1-0, bottom of the third inning. We have a tie game between the Nationals and the Mets. They're tied at one apiece, top of the third inning. The Blue Jays have taken the lead on the Pirates after they were tied. They are now up 4-3, top of the eighth inning. And we've got the Braves beating the Marlins 1-0. They're about to start the fourth inning. The Orioles, I mentioned, a big game for them. They're only one and a half games back out of the last wild card spot. And the A's are currently shutting them out 3-0, bottom of the third inning. Whew.
Back to you guys. All right, very, very good. By the way, coming up in the next hour, John Palmarosi is going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to talk some Major League Baseball. Is that still happening? Yes. Major League Baseball? I can't. Uh, yeah. 53 <laughs> home runs. 53 well, home runs. Well, I know. I, 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 wanna, I, I definitely want the first thing I'm going to ask him is about this argument about, you know, Aaron Judge versus Shohei Otani, who, by the way, you know, became the first player to ever have 30 home runs and 10 wins in the same season. I mean, I, I don't know how you distinguish one from the other. Very different kind of seasons they're having. But uh, we'll get into some baseball talk in the next hour with John Paul Morosi. All right, quarterback position. One team, very prominent team, still has yet to make it official who their game one starter is going to be, and that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitchell Trubisky has done everything right. He hasn't done anything wrong. He was brought in to be what most people judge to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they got a rookie who the fans love, the local kid, Kenny Pickett, who has also played very well. In fact, all of their quarterbacks, even Mason Rudolph, has played pretty well during this preseason run. But right now, Mike Tomlin, Rich, is saying he has yet to make his decision. I'm sure he has, but he's holding off to make that announcement. I, I mentioned that a year ago, we all anticipated that Cam Newton was going to be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And the next thing you know, Belichick says, the heck with it. We're going to go with the rookie Mac Jones. And they ended up in the postseason. Yep. Can you see a scenario where Tomlin says, you know what? With all due respect to Dubisky, our futures and Kenny Pickett, we're going to start the future now. How do you think this is going to play out? Uh, Yes, I could. I could see it uh, uh, being Kenny Pickett's team off the jump. But I will say this. I think it has been an ovation for Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. You know, he's walked through the doors uh, and and literally anybody who's been to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, facility, I've, I've been there one time. They share a parking lot with the Pittsburgh Panthers. Like, that, you walk out of one facility's door and they share a wall. You walk right into the other entrance. So he didn't have to go far. There was no acclimation period for Kenny Pickett in terms of, like, where he is ge- geographically or who he's going to spend his time with or making new friends. Of course, he has his new teammates. He has his new coaching staff. The NFL is vastly different than college football. But there's a lot of support there. Like, if he needs to bend an ear about things that are happening, he literally can walk into his head coach's office from college and talk to him personally and and, and share some thoughts with him and maybe have some wisdom uh, 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 shared with him back. And so he's had the smoothest acclimation of any rookie quarterback in his position, especially taken in the first round. And then you look at what he's done in the preseason. He's really impressed. But, and here's the but, you throw him in there week one, and he starts to struggle. Week two, week three, all of a sudden, all of this adulation and all of this excitement for Kenny Pickett starts to wane. I think it's probably smart to start the season with the hired gun, with the bridge quarterback, with Mitchell Trubisky, get him out there, let Kenny Pickett see what it's like for a football Sunday or a a Thursday or a Monday, whatever they have slated for the first few games of an NFL season, primetime, whatever, from a sideline vantage point, see how game day operations go, see what it's like when he's wearing the headset on the sideline, how things are communicated, the speed of the game, the aggressiveness of the game. If there's an injury situation, he's there to jump in as soon as possible, but if Mitchell Trubisky can hold down the fort, especially for 
the early goings of the season. I actually think that's what would be best for Kenny Pickett's development. And since he is your first rounder, you're expecting him to take over as the franchise quarterback at some point, aren't you? So I, I agree with yeah. you. I, I do believe Trubisky will be the guy at the start of the season. I mean, one little added element to Pickett is he's 24 years old already. Yeah. You know, he's not 21. He's not 22. He's 24 years old, five full years at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. I think Trubisky will be the guy. He certainly hasn't done anything negative leading up to the season. And and you know me, I've been, I've been intrigued by Trubisky from the get-go. Like, why did the Bears move all the way up to the second overall pick in the draft, ended up passing on guys like Mahomes and Sean Watson to go after Trubisky? And if you look at his numbers in Chicago, they were pretty good. He won more games than he lost, and it seemed like – I mean, it seemed like he was taking blame for bad bear season, but the numbers don't hold up. Last year, of course, he sat on the bench with the Buffalo Bills. I think that served him well. Um, so I think, yes, Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback, at least to start this season. But yesterday I was talking to Adam Kaplan about this, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. He agreed that Trubisky will start this season, but he also predicted by the end of the year, Kenny Pickett will have started more games this year than Trubisky. So the transition could come very yeah. much in season, much as we saw in Miami with Tua Tungavailoa, right? Yeah. Where you had a situation there with Fitzpatrick, who was playing well, the veteran quarterback, but they wanted the young guy to join the team on the upswing. You know, you, you don't want to, like, have the team rattle off four straight losses and then throw the rookie in there like, save the day. The idea is you want Trubisky to play well, team get off to a decent start, then you start the transition with the young quarterback, and he takes over from there. It's a smart play. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't hurt where if – look, if if Trubisky's absolutely rolling for whatever reason, I mean, it doesn't hurt if Kenny Pickett st- spends an entire season as an understudy. Look at Alex Smith. I mean, that was a playoff team. The Chiefs rode the hot hand all season long. I'm sure if Alex Smith really struggled for whatever reason with Andy Reid and and the Kansas City Chiefs, eventually Mahomes would have made his appearance, but he didn't. And so they rolled with him all the way into the postseason. We saw Mahomes win a meaningless game week 17 of the NFL season back then on the road against the Denver Broncos, and he shined. And so you were excited about what was what was, what to look forward to in the upcoming season. But if the Steelers are absolutely rolling with Mitchell Trubisky and everybody's aware that this is still Kenny Pickett's team, it's just going to be delayed by a year because Mitch Trubisky has looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that either. So I feel like the the Steelers are in the catbird seat right now. They got a really nice preseason, a lot of confidence built in the preseason with Kenny Pickett, and they've got a quarterback who, again, serviceable, great. If he's playing well, even better. Stick with him as long as he's playing good football for you and allow Kenny Pickett to continue to mature on the sidelines and and toss him into the action in earnest next season. All right, what makes the 2022 season a little bit unique is the amount of first-time coaches in the NFL. Normally, you got six or seven changes. This year, we have ten. Five with previous NFL head coaching experience, five getting their first taste as NFL head coaches. Of the ten, which one will have the greatest impact on their team this season? We're going to tell you. Coming up next. Steve Harp. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ben and Rich Einberger just taking a breather this week before we get to the uh, serious stuff. Starting next week with the start of the NFL season. One of the features of this 2022 season is 10 teams. Normally it's six or seven, Rich, but this year 10 teams have new coaches. Five with previous head coaching experience, five first-time head coaches. The head coaches with previous head coaching experience include Lovey Smith with the Texans now. you got Doug Peterson with Jacksonville. You've got, uh, let's see, Dennis Allen with the Saints, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders, and Todd Bowles with the Buccaneers. Then the five coaches are getting their first chance. Matt Eberflus with the Bears. We've got Brian Dable with the Giants, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, and Nathaniel Hackett with the Denver Broncos. So of those 10 guys, Rich, five newbies, five retreads, which one do you think is going to have the greatest impact in 2022? I'm really curious how it looks with Hackett and Russell Wilson. Um, I'm very also curious what Doug Peterson working with Trevor Lawrence looks like this season in terms of new blood at the head coaching position and a second-year quarterback after having a rough start last year. But I think in terms of the NFL, the the best offseason in terms of acquisition and stabilizing a football program that was successful a year ago is what the Las Vegas Raiders have done with Josh McDaniels. They brought in Devontae Adams. They signed Carr long-term. They have weapons all over that offense. The offense line is a question mark. They just released Alex Leatherwood, a first-rounder from a year ago, which is rare that you see that ever in the NFL, a 17th overall pick uh, released before he even is on a roster for a full calendar year. It's rare. Um 
but it's happened, right? You know, and and you move on. And so that is a question mark, offensive line. But the defense could be much improved. I I'm pretty high on the Raiders. I think the I think like I I'm, this is going to be very bold to say, but I think this could be finally Derek Carr's MVP year. You know, it it really matters what happens up front. It really matters what happens in their run game. But that that team was an absolute disaster, and Derek Carr still had an unbelievable season, all things considered. So you bring in Josh McDaniels, it's almost a guarantee it's going to be a more stable franchise. And so, yeah, I think I think that's the team to really focus on in terms of all the changes made at head coaching. Yeah, I look at first-time coaches because you never know, right? Uh, sometimes there's a lot of hype for a first-time coach, and it just doesn't materialize. Three in particular of these first-time head coaches I'm very curious to see. Uh, number three on my list would be Brian Dable because he got so much credit in the transformation of Josh Allen from a suspect quarterback to one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Can he do the same with Daniel Jones? So Dable's definitely on my list. Number two on my list is Kevin O'Connell. And maybe a little personal here because I've known of Kevin O'Connell since he was a high school quarterback at LaCosta Canyon High School back in the day before he took his game to San Diego State, of course, drafted by the New England Patriots. We've been sort of waiting for his opportunity, but he has a history with Kirk Cousins. They were uh, together at Washington for a while. So there's a, a connection there. I feel like the Vikings certainly have the talent to be a playoff team, but I think the Zimmer situation just sort of played the course. I think he can make a major impact there. But by far, to me, the most intriguing coach to me of these 10 is Mike McDaniel in Miami. Hmm. He's quirky. He's different. He was sort of known as the running game specialist on that Kyle Shanahan staff of the 49ers. But it's not about the running game. It's what are you going to do with Tua Tungavailoa? How is yep. Tyree Kill going to impact this team? Jalen Waddle. Remember when McDaniel got the job? He couldn't stop talking about Jalen Waddle. That was before they had Tyree Kill. They have their opening game against the Patriots. Yep. I mean that you talk about because we're going to get into some of these Week One matchups, Rich. Uh, but that is a game I can't wait to see. Whether one team, because we've been hearing really nothing but negative things, that Mac Jones really isn't progressing the way they had hoped at quarterback. But this Mike McDaniel situation in Miami has got me intrigued. It could be a disaster. I mean, yeah. he could be a flat-out bust in Miami, or he might be this mad genius that can figure out the formula quickly. And obviously a good Miami team. I mean, when you think about last year, where they lost seven games in a row and then won seven games in a row? I mean, it's never happened before. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a team that win, had a winning season, even if there was all the fallout with Flores and everything else there. This was a pretty good football team a year ago. But that 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 is my guy. Focusing and, focusing on just like the first year head coaches, yeah. you know, if I were going to slate them the way you did, I'd have it um, just flipped at the one and two. Uh, I would say the most interesting to me behind, uh, or I should say just in front of Mike McDaniel with the D Dolphins is Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, because you know that's a good Viking team. They got talent. Kirk Cousins has talent. It's just that it doesn't seem to show up in the games that matter most. It feels a little bit like the Rams with Jeff Fisher mm -hmm. and then Sean McVay takes over. And and it's actually odd because Kevin McCon Kevin O'Connell's last stop was with Sean McVay as his offensive coordinator. So yeah. 
it, 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 there's symmetry here. You know, defensive-minded head coach who's been around the game forever, the grizzled veteran at the position, and everybody can make excuses for him because there's injuries and there's other things. And, you know, maybe they didn't do so well in the draft personnel-wise, but something's held them back. And I think with Sean McVay, he had the secret sauce, the it factor, the intelligence, the know-how to come in there and have an immediate impact. I think Kevin Co- Kevin O'Connell's going to do the same thing for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, coming up, we'll have much more NFL talk getting ready for week one. College football as well. What do we learn about Ohio State and Notre Dame from yesterday? We'll tell you, coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Yes, indeed. Another big Sunday, but the last Sunday before we get to the NFL season. Hartman and Orenberg are with you here on this edition of Fox Sports Sunday. By the way, I got a little sidetracked during the uh, top of the hour break. Talking food, something that we do a lot around here. Oh, yeah. And... uh, and that's my, coming back in a big way. Yeah. Oh, so I yeah. was, uh, you know, we we're talking about. So my my son uh, Drake is coming down to San Diego next week, and uh, we're hitting up the gas lamp. We're going to the Padres game, and then after the game, we're hitting the gas lamp again. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, Ryan said he's heading to San Diego. Ryan, you're going to be in San Diego next week. Yeah, uh, just uh, Wednesday to Thursday. I mean. So, do you feel like you, you want some really good Mexican food? I would love that, yes. Rich, I mean, where do you even begin uh, in no. San Diego when it comes to Mexican cuisine? Um, I, I would say where where you get started is very similar to, look, I have two hometowns that I think um, the, the the deliciousness of certain foods is so consistent, you, you can't really miss. And so, in New York, where I grew up, you can't miss – you walk into any pizza joint or any bagel, pizza joint. bagel place. You're yeah. going to get great pizza, great bagels. And Absolutely. then I almost encourage people, like, don't go to one that looks like a chain. Like, go to one that, that looks like it's been owned by the same family for three generations and they all hate each other now. Like, go to that pizza joint or bagel shop and, and get yourself a nice everything with a schmear or get yourself a nice uh, cheese slice. You know, that's those are the places you want to go to. And so – if you're coming down to San Diego, that's what I would say. Find your one-off, hole-in-the-wall, strip-mall Mexican joint or a place that, you know, maybe they haven't repainted the dumpsters in about 25 years. Like, go to that place and you're going to have a great Mexican food cuisine oh. afternoon. That's oh. what I would suggest. Cerveza, maybe a little margarita, Street tacos galore, burrito, oh. whatever. Oh, man. yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> so a, I was, I was, I was actually telling about some of our favorite hangs there. And as soon as you start talking about it, all I'm thinking I got to race back to San Diego as quickly as possible so I can engage. Like, yes, uh, hold on, Monsi wanted to jump in here. Yes, Monsi. In San Diego, Breakfast Republic. Oh, really good spot. So good. And it's not yeah. just vegan food. So I'm not just throwing, <laughs> forcing that down your throat. So, so good. Breakfast that's a, Republic. That's mm. crazy. Yeah, because Ryan was just asking me about a bunch spot, a, a brunch spot. Yeah. And I was looking around. I'm like, hmm, you know, I, I don't know exactly where you're going to be, Ryan, but like that is an awesome spot in San Diego. You yeah. have, and I think they have, there's two within like, you know, uh, you could probably get to one or the other. There's two Breakfast, Breakfast Republics in like downtown San Diego. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, there's a lot of plate. Monty, thank you very much. See, now his head is spinning. He doesn't oh, know I what know. directions to go now. <laughs> These are perfect, um, yes. He'll, he has a few days to scout it out. All right, uh, I wanted to get uh, John Paul Morosi is going to be joining us coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes. We've got some Major League Baseball to get to. I want to get back to yesterday's Ohio State-Notre Dame game, which I predicted was going to be an absolute blowout Ohio State victory. It was anything but. Notre Dame certainly hang hung in there before losing 21 to 10. But I was thinking about Notre Dame head coaches. I mean, when you think Notre Dame head coaches, they're always right out of the pages of GQ, like Charlie Weiss, certainly one of the all great uh, GQ. I mean, Lou Holtz. I mean, come on. I, you know, even uh, Brian Kelly. But they have a GQ coach, and his name is Marcus Freeman. I mean, this guy literally is unbelievable. You know the thing about Marcus Freeman? He's 36 years old. And I saw him walking into the shoe yesterday with his gorgeous wife, right? And I'm looking at her like, wow, she's got to be like a model or something. They've dated since college. They have six kids. Six kids. He's the same age as you, Rich. He and his wife, they met in college. They have six kids. She's gorgeous. He's GQ all the way. So, you know, sometimes we're a little suspicious. Like, the guy looks (laughs) good. Like, he's a really good-looking guy. But can this guy coach? And you open the season on the road, in the shoe, against Ohio State. And you know Ryan Day, after seeing what Georgia did to uh, Oregon, you know, we we got to keep pace, man. We got to put a hurting on Notre Dame. We got C.J. Stroud. We got all this talent. And Notre Dame walked off the field at halftime on the road with the lead. Yeah. Now, they didn't have a whole lot offensively, but again, where does Marcus Freeman hang his hat? That's on the defensive side of the football. He was only at Notre Dame one year, and when it was announced that he was going to take over for Brian Kelly, the whole team celebrated. Like, in one year at Notre Dame, he had already become a legend. I'm anxious to see what this guy does at Notre Dame. They lost a really good coach in Brian Kelly. You can't overstate how good a job Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame. But I get a sense that this Marcus Freeman could be a keeper for a long time at yeah. Notre Dame. Well, I'll say this about Marcus Freeman. Uh, I think I think first and foremost, there wasn't as much attention being paid to the Fighting Irish as there was to, for example, like a USC or even an Oregon taking the defensive coordinator who won the national championship and landing, landing the job with the Ducks. You know, obviously Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to um, to go to the Bayou to coach the Tigers. I mean, that's that's a big story. It, it's sort of like he just slid in there. Like they were like, yeah, I mean, we we, we like him, so we're just gonna, you know, and we're kind of getting left without a chair here in the coaching carousel. So yeah, Marcus, you, do you want the job? You do want the job? Okay, well then you're our guy. So there wasn't as much buzz around this hiring, but I agree with you. I think that. He obviously is capable. I mean, as a defensive coordinator, he's been sensational, yeah. not just for the Irish, but during his time with Cincinnati, that was a vaunted defense during his time, um, even even uh, Purdue. Like, you know, he helped uh, reestablish some of what, what they were in years past as a Boilermakers. I think he was a co-defensive coordinator back then. But th- my point is, even though he's a younger head coach being only 36 – He's had a lot of experience at major FBS football programs and has really helped a couple of important turnarounds, including this one at Notre Dame. 
And what I said on Countdown to Kickoff yesterday, 9 to noon East Coast time, leading into the, the big noon uh, kickoff, was this, this idea of you, a win is, is just not getting blown out. For Marcus Freeman and the Irish to go on the road to the horseshoe, play in that environment in an enormous uh, week one matchup, as long as you don't get blown out, it's a win. The fact that they were leading at halftime is incredible. A couple of late scores is how the Buckeyes end up finishing this thing. But handing them an ugly win and showing that you belong not only as a head coach but as a program in the top five, that was important. That was impressive. I think Marcus Freeman did a tremendous job preparing his team. I agree with you. And on Ohio State's side, you know, Ryan Day playing the spin afterwards, you know, the tough tough way to start the season is a good thing for our team. We'll see. I mean, Ohio State's loaded. They have obviously one of the top quarterbacks in the country, Heisman finalist C.J. Stroud. I'll be honest with you, he looked pretty pedestrian yesterday. I mean, I'm watching Stroud, and I'm like waiting for some dynamic, you know, because I don't know if you know this, Rich. I have a Heisman vote. <laughs> uh, again, I don't like to, uh, I don't really like to talk about it that much. Right. But, you oh, know, that. <laughs> start, starting next week, of course, uh, you know, on Saturdays and even here on Sundays, I'm going to do my Heisman update. I wait until everyone's got a game under their belt, which obviously now everyone does. So next week, I'll do my first top three list. Uh, you know, Bryce Young certainly didn't hurt himself yesterday. Five touchdown passes in the first half against Utah State, scored a touchdown. But Stroud, I was like, hey, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Travian Henderson, everyone's like, oh, this, this is the best running back around. That must be a pretty good Notre Dame defense. Yeah. Because they, they made, at least by Ohio State standards, they looked really ordinary. Like, there was nothing that stood out like, wow, you know. I mean, their longest run for a scrimmage was 16 yards. Their longest pass play was only 31 yards. I mean, they took the big play away from Ohio State. So, maybe Notre Dame is that good, at least defensively. Offensively, Notre Dame's got a long way to go. But defensively, man, are they that good? Or is Ohio State got some things to prove on the offensive side? Well, I, you know what? As you were talking, I was thinking about Alabama-Georgia in yeah. the national championship game because you remember that gigantic win in the SEC championship game. Oh. Alabama absolutely thrashed Georgia 41-24. And so a lot of people were prognosticating leading into the championship game, the title game, uh, that, that Alabama was going to do it again. But Georgia had a great plan. And you know what Georgia did? They stopped the run. Now, they got out to an early lead, and so it forced the game into Bryce Young's hand where he had to throw the ball a ton. I think he finished with almost 60 pass attempts. It was insane. He was sacked four times. He was under pressure all game long. And I think if you turn on that film and then you go, and you, I understand, much higher score game, but then you turn on the Notre Dame versus the Ohio State film and you compare the defensive strategies – Limit the big play was obviously one of the drum beats leading into this game against Ohio State for Notre Dame, but also force the game into C.J. Stroud's hands. If they're going to beat us, it's going to be because he's going to beat us. And unfortunately for the Irish, that's exactly what happened. They made some plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter, but but holy cow, what a great defensive strategy. Uh, what a tremendous, again, opener for a, a, a head coach in his opening salvo as a head coach. And there's a lot to be excited about if you're in South Bend right now reading the news and licking your wounds a little bit. Because, again, I don't, I don't think anybody would have really predicted 
that Notre Dame was going to win that game. Certainly there's no chance of them blowing out Ohio State. It was going to be a dogfight if it was going to be a victory. But I said on our show, again, countdown to kickoff on Saturday. Yesterday here on Fox, I said, I I mean, this is a cover the whole way for me. I, I think you're giving you're giving too little respect to Notre Dame going into the shoe. I think Marcus Freeman needs to make a statement and he will and he did. Yeah, I, I felt going in Notre Dame was way overrated. Uh, I have reverse trend on that. They look pretty good, especially that defense. All right, we're going to take a little respite from all this football talk to check in on Major League Baseball. One month to go in the regular season. Where do we stand? Where are we going? We're going to check in with our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider, John Paul Morosi, coming up next. You really- This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I said none of these names mean anything to Rich. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're throwing out Klazuski, Beller. Now these are names that are part of my like said uh, Campanella. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They are ingrained in the frustratingly strong memory and database that is Steve Hartman's brain. Yes. Yeah, I'm always uh, staying on top of baseball history. Look, I love baseball. And it's it's that time of the year, Rich. Today is September 4th. The final day of the regular season in baseball will be Wednesday, October 5th. So we're at that point where we're coming down the stretch. And with the added wild card in both leagues, that means a lot more teams are still very much in the chase 
right now to secure a spot in the postseason. A couple things about that postseason. So after a day off, well, we'll get into it right now because joining us, as he so graciously does every single Sunday, is a man synonymous with multitude of sports, including Major League Baseball. He works with the MLB Network. He is our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider, the great John Paul Morosi. And JP, I mentioned we got a month to go in the baseball season. I want to cover a lot of bases. Hear that? Bases. You got it. Well, in baseball. well played on the pun. I always right. love a good pun. Uh, but I, I want to start right now at the very top <laughs> talking about American League Most Valuable Player. So you're all about these awards. You've been a part of the award process. You understand what this is all about. But when you look at Aaron Judge, who hit his 53rd home run today, when you look at Shohei Otani, first player ever with 30 home runs and 10 victories in a season, how do you distinguish one from the other in terms of voting for the most valuable player in the American League? You know, Steve, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I um, I am a voter this year, so uh, I will say at the outset that I purposely do not know what I'm going to do yet because I, I really try to save that really hard work of, of actually forming the list until the, the last days of the season when you can look at the full body of work. And then even then, I, I, I'm not supposed to discuss uh, who you voted for or who your favorite is, so to speak, um, uh, before the, the voting is announced. All that being said, I'll, I'll let you know kind of how I typically approach it. You know, there's, um, first of all, I'll say as well, there are two right answers here. If, if Shoei Otani is named the MVP, I will stand up at my home when it's announced and I will clap. And if Judge is named the MVP, I will stand up and I will clap. There are two right answers, in my opinion. Now, maybe there are others that disagree, and, and I, certainly I, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, breaking any news here by saying if I vote one in the top spot, um, I'm about 99% sure that the other one's going to be number two. I mean, so the, we're talking about difference of, right. of points, of points on my ballot. It's not as though I only have one ballot and it's one name and that's that. Uh, you're you're going to vote for, for 10 players in the ballot, and I think we can pretty much agree that these are the top two candidates. So that's important to say. Uh, typically... In the past, I have been somebody that, that you look at all the players in the American League and, and you rank them all um, in terms of their, their pitching talent, defensive talent, hitting talent, and you put them all on a big list. And then at the end of that list, I have typically said, okay, who do I need to move up in this list based on extraordinary performance for a team that's, that has elevated that team into the postseason? And I will typically move up players uh, into that realm. Last year, I, I said Otani was the right choice. Uh, I, did not, I did not have a ballot last year, but I would have voted for Otani last year. Uh, I, I think that what Otani does is so extraordinary, uh, we have never seen anyone do what he's doing. And you laid it out perfectly uh, as, as we began the segment. Uh, I, I think at last check, uh, Judge was still ahead of total wins above replacement. Uh, he was ahead of, of Otani in total war uh, at this point in time, but that, that's just one data point and one, one date. It's not, I'm not beholden to wins above replacement. I do think that it's, that it's important to point out on, on Judge's behalf um, that, that there is another component to his offense. So you've got Judge's offensive component, which is objectively the best in the American League, 53 homers, he might well set the AL record. So that's, that's happening offensively for him. 
Otani is putting together a sensational offensive season, one of the best offensive seasons in the league. Plus, his other contribution is on the mound and pitching. Judge's other contribution is not, obviously not on the mound and therefore not as impactful, but his sort of secondary contribution is that he's been playing center field for a team that needs him to do that. And, and so is, is Judge's ability to play center as important as what Otani does on the mound? No, but, it's, but it, it is valuable. It, it has value to that team. Uh, so you've, you've basically got two different vectors of value, if you will. Judge's offense, Judge's defense, Otani's offense, Otani's pitching. And it's, it's almost impossible to say, well, this guy's better than the other. Um, I, again, I have usually given credit uh, and, and sort of boosted the case for a team that, that or for a player that helps his team win a division or make the playoffs. I would uh, further submit that, that Judge uh, is, is doing this for a team that is now really struggling of late and is not at all certain to win, to win the American League East. If, if Judge finishes with 65 homers, and, and the Yankees go on to win the division by two games because the Rays get incredibly hot, I have to think about that. If Judge finishes with 57 homers and the Yankees play terribly down the stretch and the Rays pass them, I have to think about that. So there, there are a lot of unknown variables, uh, but I, I really am a firm believer that, that what Judge is doing, if he, if he gets 62 home runs or more, he will have done something that's never been done before in, in American League history. And if Otani just keeps doing what he's doing, he's already doing something that's never been done by anybody in the history of the game. So there are two correct answers, and I think that that is the, the, the task that I am faced with and that everybody is faced with is who do you believe is more deserving than the other of the top spot on your ballot, fully realizing that the other one's going to be ranked number two. And, and I think that is really important and something that I think all of us have to take into consideration. Widening the aperture away from just individual players and more focus on these divisional races around the league, um, I want I want to tighten the spotlight on the American League Central, which is so hotly contested, which is also the most consequential. And I'll I'll, I'll make sense of that in a second. But you have the Guardians, the Twins, and the White Sox all within two games of each other. So we have no idea who's going to emerge out of this division. But also, whoever doesn't most likely isn't going to get a wild card spot because it hasn't been a great division in terms of uh, wins and losses. Um, who do you think uh, among those teams, uh, Twins, Guardians, Sox, has the best chance to make this, this late season push in September and get to where they want to be ultimately, a division winner, and, and vying for a World Series? Well, Rich, first of all, uh, beautifully used uh, term there, aperture. I love that. I'm going to have to work <laughs> that into my next broadcast. I, I love it so much. Well done, my friend. Uh, that is uh, the, uh, the the folks in the English department at Penn State are, are very, very proud. And uh, and a big win for them, by the way. Well, I'm sure we'll get into some Big Ten football at some point. But uh, I, I think in the AL Central, I will go with uh, Cleveland. I've been saying Cleveland for a long time. Now they've been struggling of late. They've lost four in a row. Um, and I think that's sort of—it's very apropos of the way this race has gone, because none of the three teams has really been able to be good enough for long enough to truly distinguish themselves. And the White Sox, of course, Dylan Cease, uh, and out away from a no-hitter, he—he um, he might be the best pitcher in this division, and he's pitching for Chicago. The White Sox obviously have the, the issue with, with La Russa uh, being away for medical reasons. They've played well since he's left. Uh, it's, it's a very complicated 
time right now, I think, in, in the American League Central. And the White Sox overall have always been the team that I believe, Rich, are the most talented one when they're all healthy and when they're all going. They just haven't been... They just haven't been that this season, and so if, if they can get healthy, I think for for their purposes, they are they have an ace, a true ace in Dylan Cease, and they are and they have enough schedule left. I mean, there's plenty of baseball to go here. I mean, there is uh, in terms of it being late in the season, there's an eternity of baseball to be played, and and so I would say I'm keeping an eye on the White Sox because coming into the season, I thought they were the best team and most talented team in this division. Uh, I've been saying Cleveland for a long time, and I, I'm a big believer in Terry Francona, but my goodness, Dylan Cease put everybody awesome. on notice again this weekend about how great he is and the best starter right now, the best stopper in this division plays with the White Sox. Yeah, now, Steve, that almost no-hitter from oh, Cease. Oh, oh, that, was, that was beautifully done because complete game, obviously, a huge win, 13 nothing over the Twins. But, dude, one – what that what was it? Uh, it was the ninth inning. It was the second battery face. Just right. roped it into one center. of the best hitters, by the way, in the American League. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that that was a great thing. Yeah, I want to get to a team that we have not talked a lot about, and for good reason. Uh, I know that you've been talking about the Seattle Mariners and their opportunity to finally get into the postseason, but we're overlooking what's happened this year with the Baltimore Orioles. This team oh, yeah. lost 115 games in 2018. 108 games in 2019. They were 52 and 110 last year. And right now, they're 10 games over 500 and very much alive in the wild card chase in the American League. Brandon Hyde may be the most anonymous manager in all of Major League Baseball. What has happened this year? How do the Orioles literally go from beyond bad to right. in contention for a postseason spot? Well, first of all, I, I I will give you full candor on my uh, my theoretical manager of the year ballot, which I don't have. Uh, the choice there would be Brandon Hyde. Uh, he's done a magnificent job uh, of getting that team, just really changing the nature of, of what the Orioles are all about. They've done this. They've had one of the best records in baseball since the trade deadline, despite having traded away they're two of their more valuable players in, in Trey Mancini and Jorge Lopez, their, their closers. So I think offensively, Adley Rutschman has been uh, a revelation for them as uh, really, and it's a fun conversation because of course we know Adley and, and Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners, they're the two top candidates now for American League Rookie of the Year. And Rutschman, you know, I was around him a bit this the last couple of weeks with the Little League Classic in Williamsport. Uh, what a pro. And was someone that really understands his place in the game and, and is a great ambassador for the sport. And uh, they've got Ryan Mountcastle who's played exceptionally well. Uh, obviously uh, bringing up Henderson here in the last several days as well. He's already making an immediate impact. So uh, Michael Elias has been very patient with this team for a long time. And now I think that that patience is being rewarded. Uh, I think on the mound it's been a really unique cast of, of pitchers, whether it's Means, uh, Aiken, uh, Lyles. I mean, they're not huge names, but they've, they've all, I think, had different roles to play in, in their bullpen. Uh, I, I've been impressed with, you know, Tate has kind of reinvigorated his career, and Jorge Mateo's played great over at shortstop. There's, it's been a, a combination of, of unsung heroes, and now you add in this just, extraordinary burst of young talent from the minor leagues in, in, in guys like Mountcastle and, and then more recently Rutschman and, and Henderson. And they, they can play, guys. It's going to be a fun team to watch down the stretch. Toronto, uh, for a long time I've talked about, but they can't feel too comfortable here. They just have a two-game lead on Baltimore, and Baltimore is a dangerous team 
because when you when you come in there and you are are playing with house money late in the season uh, with a lot of togetherness and no pressure, you are a dangerous team to face, and that's exactly what the Orioles are right now. Fifty-one seven, the Michigan Wolverines topple the Colorado State Rams. Uh, you have uh, Cade McNamara who won the uh, Big Ten championship for the Wolverines a year ago at starting quarterback, but not without controversy because J.J. McCarthy may get the start in week two, or at least that's what it appears to be the situation against Hawaii. Okay, so first and foremost, we know you're a huge Michigan man, a huge fan of this team. Your thoughts about the victory and your thoughts about the QB controversy. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the question. Uh, I, I was there, actually brought my daughter, her first ever game at the Big House. That was pretty special. Um, and, and a couple things. I, I think that the offense overall played a very clean game. The, the offense ran well with both. But I also think McCarthy is the more dynamic player. And I also, and I'd be curious to ask a, a, more, a more veteran and more seasoned expert on, uh, and, and you can certainly weigh in on this because you fit that description, Rich, about the way that, that McCarthy delivers the ball in comparison to McNamara. McNamara, to me, looks like he sort of comes around the side a little bit with, mm-hmm. with the way he throws, and, and that, in my experience, sometimes leads to, to the ball sailing on you a little bit, especially if you're not feeling a ton of confidence at the moment. It looked like he was a little bit tight, which is understandable, uh, trying to protect and, and preserve his job. And I just thought the ball was either short at times or he was sailing it at times. Whereas McCarthy, who's taller, I think just delivers the ball over the top and more cleanly than McNamara does. And, and I like that. I also like his athleticism. So Harbaugh, and I'll say this, in the, the current age of the transfer portal, it, it would not surprise me if when last year ended, there was some conversation where it said, listen, uh, and, and the program was talking about McCarthy and if he was going to go in the portal or not, uh, we have to probably give you a chance to start a game early on in the season and, and have you show us what you can do. And so I've got no issue with that. I really don't. I, and I think that McCarthy was the more impressive quarterback yesterday. And I'll add this. Alan Bowman came in third. And, and I saw him play for Texas Tech years ago. He's a pretty good football player. And so they've got somebody, I think Bowman, again, it was late and the game was out of hand, but I thought he was delivering the ball fine and running the offense fine in comparison to where McNamara was. So I actually think they've got three quarterbacks who can run the offense right now. And so I've got zero issue with them giving McCarthy a start. I was seeing a lot of McCarthy jerseys around Michigan Stadium yesterday. I feel badly for Cade because uh, he led this team to a Big Ten title. He's done nothing wrong. They won the football game yesterday. It's not his fault. Uh, but I think you have to look at, down the stretch, who has a better chance of beating Penn State in October, who has a better chance of going to the shoe and winning a game against Ohio State in November. And if Jim Harbaugh and his staff think that they, the answer to that question could be McCarthy, they owe it to everybody that was there yesterday to really vet that possibility. So I've got no issue with how things were played out there. And I think Ohio State showed a lot of character last night. You know, They were down early. They lost. Um, uh, Smith and Jigma, I thought they really needed to, to, to dig deep, and I thought Stroud made some key plays late. Their, their defense looked outstanding in the second half. So we've got a great Big Ten race down the stretch that includes your Nittany Lions, Clifford, yep. man. He's been there forever, Rich. I thought he, he did a good job of leading them to that late win there in West Lafayette. Yeah, he had a big fourth quarter for them. And to your point, and and to give you my side of the analysis, I think that was really smart and a really good thing that you noticed there about McNamara and about McCarthy. 
uh, how the ball that what you just call it is you know can you throw a catchable football or not and obviously locating it is important leading a receiver on a crossing route or, or having some touch when you're throwing to a spot in the end zone things of that nature it is hugely important so it's not just do you have arm strength it's not just are you accurate it's also do you throw a catchable football I think I was the only one awake last night watching Washington take on uh, the golden flashes but Penix Jr. Uh, who's the new quarterback at Washington right, after Yep, yeah. yep, transferred from Indiana. Throws an insanely catchable football. It, it's it's not sexy. It doesn't need to be. It just has to be where it needs to be with the right pace every time, and J.J. McCarthy does a great job of that. I love it. We can go anywhere oh, hold on, hold with on. J.P. Morosi. All right, let me, let me just interject this before we say goodbye to J.P. <laughs> the, the, the one thing that matters for Michigan is eight home games on a 12-game schedule. Yeah. How is it? I mean, you went to <laughs> – how many of these eight games? You're already one for one, so – how many of these eight home games, how many times are you going to go to the big house with your kids? And what's, what's the question. schedule? Uh, next week is TBD. I, I might, might be able to go. And then, you know, baseball gets a little busy after that. I, I think, unfortunately, I'm going to miss the Penn State game. Oh. Um, and that, uh, because that's like right in the middle of the baseball playoffs. But I'll tell you this. I, I regionally, I try to think, you know, which, which big games can I catch? And I, and like I said, I, I, I gave you some OSU Notre Dame thoughts too. I would love to go to South Bend for for Notre Dame Clemson. That's kind of on my list. I have to I have to run that by my 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 actual boss, meaning my wife, to see if I can do that. <laughs> but uh, but I, I I'm thinking about all these great matchups. You got Ohio State, Michigan State, and Mel Tucker's done such a great job there in East Lansing. I'd love to see that game. So I'm I'm already thinking. I've got the schedule. I have to kind of prioritize my dates. I'm, I'm like I'm making decisions like the TV executives do. Like you get to pick weeks. I have to pick my weeks correctly to be able to go to the games I really need to go to. So, uh, but no, I, I hope it's not the last time I'm there this season. And uh, my daughter had an amazing time, and uh, just all the traditions and the big announcement. You, know, you are the largest crowd of people watching football anybody anywhere in America today. I love it. It's just uh, it's great to have the tradition back, and uh, and uh, it's going to be a fun, fun big time. Which, by the way, is eventually going to include couple schools right up the road from you guys. So I think we're all in the same family now, my friends. It's good stuff. That is true. And, of course, when those schools do come out to the West Coast, I'm sure J.P. will be in the front row with uh, his multitude of children. Uh, J.P. will get <laughs> uh, let you get back to your schedule making. We're always happy with everything you do that you can squeeze us in for a little time here every Sunday. We always appreciate it. Thanks, John Paul. You guys are the greatest. I, I have this on my calendar every single weekend and look forward to it every weekend. I wish everybody a safe and a happy Labor Day and best wishes to everybody here as the week begins. There he is, the great John Paul Morosi. JP, we will talk to you next week. All right, there he is, JP. Yeah, man. Very busy calendar Woo! for him, as he says. He works his baseball schedule around Michigan's football schedule is basically right. what he's saying. All right. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as Monsi is back. She's been waiting on the sidelines waiting for us on to the uh, end yes. our conversation. But we get lost in conversation no, with JP, Monsi. That's what happens. I would, too. I get it. I yeah. understand. Well, guys, Aaron Boone was just ejected in the fifth inning <laughs> of the Yankees and the Rays game. Uh, they, they called a catcher's interference. And he completely disagreed. He dropped a couple of F-bombs. I'm going to say that it was the third F-bomb that upset the umpire. Right. And that that's what threw him out. It's usually uh, the third one yeah, that gets you. I think yeah. the first two he was like letting it slide. But the third one was like, no, I can't. That's this is trick. being televised. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, he just disagreed with it. It was, the, the ball was tipped definitely by Taylor Walls. And it hit the catcher's glove. He could have caught it, but it 
slipped out and they called catcher's interference. It really didn't look like it. It looked like it should have been a foul ball. But he's been ejected. It didn't matter because the Yankees are still up 1-0, top of the sixth inning. We also got the A's and the Orioles still going at it. The A's are shutting out the Orioles 4-0. They're about to start the bottom of the seventh inning. The Braves and the Marlins, there is a rain delay, but the Braves are up 2-0, bottom of the fifth. The Nationals are just killing the Mets. 7-1, bottom of the sixth inning. And the Twins are shutting out the White Sox 2-0, bottom of the fifth. That's an important game for the Twins also because they're one game back of the Guardians for the top spot in the AL Central and the Guardians right now are losing to the Mariners 2-1 to one, top of the fifth. There is also a rain delay. Let's do a little bit of uh, college football. Yeah, yesterday the Ohio State Buckeyes, they took on Notre Dame and they beat them 21-10 to 10. but Buckeyes fans were doing a little bit of recruiting. Check this out. We want LeBron James and Bronny were there, and they started cheering, we want Bronny. Wow. That's what you just heard. Look at that. Yeah, incredible. And it was pretty clear, so loud. Everybody got into it. We want Bronny. We'll see. Ohio State was a school that LeBron had said that if he would have gone to college, that he had Ohio State on his list. So they're trying to get Bronny. We'll see what happens. And a fun story, guys. A Super Bowl halftime show for the first time ever has won an Emmy. And it was last year's halftime show. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent. That show has won an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special. Not too shabby. Wow. Yeah. First one ever for a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, the old, the old. uh, We want Bronny. Let's make it clear. Bronny is not LeBron. Yeah, I know. Bronny is a (laughs) six-two guard that might be. You don't say. He might might be the third best player on his own high school team. Well, this is why you want Bronny because I mean, in terms of name, image, and likeness, and being able to get some of the other best players around the country. Can you imagine if? LeBron's son is playing for the Buckeyes. Right. What team they're able to assemble at, at the college basketball level, it'll be a super team. I can promise you that. For sure. It's, they're saying it because they want LeBron. They want that. <laughs> that name yeah. to come to Ohio State. For sure. For sure. Back to you guys. All right. Uh, thank you, Monsi. Yeah. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. Yeah. All right. Coming up on the other side, the biggest contract ever offered by all accounts to a college football coach was Lincoln Riley and his move out of Oklahoma to USC. After one game, have we seen enough to say it was money well spent? We'll break it down coming up next. Steve Harvey. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, Rich Hornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. One of the big stories yesterday in college football was the debut of Lincoln Riley at USC. And after a little bit of a slow start, final score 66 to 14. This is a USC team that was four and eight a year ago. They gave away everything. I mean, we still do not know the full extent of what Lincoln Riley got from USC, but at least based on what I saw yesterday, you talk about putting a star program, a legendary program back on the map, at least for one Saturday, Lincoln Riley did just that. And I, I again, the ability to bring in a Caleb Williams and Addison, and you know, these incredible transfer players, this is where we're going. And USC now moving on to the Big Ten. I, I, we've said this for years. A guy like Nick Saban who's making, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, he is underpaid. Underpaid. Whatever oh, yeah. Nick Saban is making, he is underpaid in terms of the revenue he generates for the University of Alabama and really the state of Alabama and I get a sense that Lincoln Riley is is going to shortly prove, if he hasn't proven already, that whatever they're paying is well worth it. Yeah, yeah. I, I look here. Here's f- first of all, you can't win at the college football level unless you have a, a good, if not great, head coach. I firmly believe that. And what goes into being a head coach is not only being, you know, a great leader and a great orator. Uh, somebody who can recruit the program extremely well, but then also understand the uh, ins and outs of uh, of the transfer portal. It, it's 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 an all-consuming job. You also you also have to be able to bring in money and keep donors happy. Uh, you know, at the school level, and then you know whatever work you're doing in terms of keeping an eye on the collectives that are on the you know the very outer ring of the program i i know that head coaches don't want to get too involved in that stuff but they need to be at least transiently aware of how much money that their players are making in terms of name image and likeness and i agree with you i think there are certain coaches around college football obviously ryan day uh, after urban meyer left has been able to keep Ohio State at the tippy top of the game Dabo Sweeney, Jimbo Fisher Nick Saban, there are certain guys who are making a tremendous uh, amount of, of money for the state that their their teams reside in and also the football programs they work for uh, Lincoln Riley's one of those guys he did incredible work as the Sooners head coach, I, I, I sort of feel like he's set up to have success at USC, although you can take away nothing from this past Saturday. Beating Rice the way they did, 
that that's uh of course they beat rice the way they did they should beat rice the way they did so we'll see what it looks like as this season continues but I, i'm sure that lincoln riley will end up proving you right well i and i look at caleb williams who by the way according to vegas odds going into this season was listed as the third biggest favorite to win the Heisman Trophy behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And he was 19-22, 249 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, it was against Rice. But with him and a whole new crew of wide receivers, did really being that efficient? I don't care if you're playing a high school team. There was a certain level of accuracy. Um, it was impressive. It was it was really impressive. I mean, yeah. they got some big-time talent over there, and it's it's all going to play out. Of course, this is just a precursor of things to come. we got much more to get to in our next hour. we got more NFL news for you. We're also going to talk about this changing landscape of college football. The 2022 season is underway. Where are we going with the Pac-12? What is the future of the Big Ten and the SEC? That plus our picks of the best games week one in the NFL coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Everybody out there ready for an NFL season? We're ready for an NFL season. Fox Sports Sunday, Harvin and Ornberger. And next Sunday, Rich, I'm looking at the schedule sitting in front of me. Sunday, September 11th. When we sit down to start our show next Sunday, nine games kicking off as we start the show. Nine games kicking off that day. Some days we get ten, but we'll have nine week one NFL schedule course will begin on Thursday with the Super Bowl champion Rams hosting the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the week will end with the much-anticipated Monday night matchup. Russell Wilson returns to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. I want to start right there. Before yeah. we start talking yeah. about some of the week one matchups that we're really looking forward to, and there's some very interesting games to say the least, That Monday night debut of Russell Wilson on the road against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson just got what is termed the third richest contract ever uh, for an NFL player in terms of guaranteed money and everything else as he re-ups with the Broncos. Rich, we've talked about Russell Wilson, and obviously he's had a Hall of Fame caliber career throughout his run in Seattle, but he was beginning to show signs a year ago that He's been damaged. He's not the biggest quarterback in the league. He had to take on a lot of that offense, not just throwing the ball, obviously, but running the ball as well. To me, he is one of the biggest question marks going into this 2022 season. If we get the Russell Wilson that seemed to be in the MVP conversation early into seasons before the season would drag on and suddenly he would falter slightly down the stretch – Are we going to get that Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos? Because that Russell Wilson is definitely a difference maker. Or are the Denver Broncos getting damaged goods in Russell Wilson? How do you see it? Look, I I see it this way. Russell Wilson, if you protect him and if he stays healthy, is inarguably one of the top five, top eight quarterbacks in the NFL current day. Now, look, I mean, I've said this many times before on these airwaves. 
I think pocket passers enter their prime in their 30s. I think dual threat quarterbacks start to leave their prime in their 30s. And Russell Wilson is entering the latter portion of his career, and he's been a dual threat quarterback. Have no misgivings about this. There, there have been seasons where they've relied on him as much for his passing prowess as his rushing chops. Like he, he has been used. He's been used a lot. So, uh, are there concerns about long term health? Yeah, but we know how these NFL contracts work. It doesn't matter how long you sign a player for, especially at the quarterback position. It's basically a two year deal. Like when you look at it, and by the way, he left some meat on the bone in terms of this deal. He could have chased down a much larger contract, in my opinion, and even though it's the third largest in guarantees, if you look at the the amount of money that they are owed to Russell Wilson through the first two years of this deal, you compare it to Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, three of the more recent quarterback contracts stricken, uh, Russell Wilson, his deal pales in comparison. And so why did that happen? In my opinion, it was because Russ, during the conversations with the Denver Broncos, his team, uh, talking to them, if Denver was going to save him from Seattle, if he wasn't going to have to endure the reboot that was taking place with the Seahawks and he was going to be brought over to Denver, he was going to have to give them a little bit of a price break. And he did that. And he's kind of always done that. He did that with Seattle. He never took as much as he absolutely could. He's always left a little meat on the bone, so I don't think this is completely out of character. And I think it's actually considering the place he's at in his career with the help he's going to need around him like he knows to get the job done in Denver. I think it was really intelligent. So I think I think this is going to work in Denver as long as he stays healthy. All right. I agree with you. I mean, I, again, when you look at Russell Wilson's 10 years in Seattle, nine Pro Bowls. Yep. Nine Pro Bowls in yep. 10 years. You look at the fact that not only does he have a passer, career passer rating over 100, which over a 10-year period is remarkable, but he's rushed for almost 5,000 yards. That's 500 a year. So – he is, and remember, he never missed a single start game until last year, and he missed those two games last year. So he is a remarkable athlete. He's been an incredible quarterback. If Denver gets that guy, even for a couple of years, they're going to be in the conversation. It's going to be a tough sled, though, because you look at the Raiders didn't get worse, in my opinion. How could they have gotten worse with the addition of Josh McDaniels uh, and Devontae Adams? The Chargers certainly look on paper like a team on the rise, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They have dominated this division. So yeah. that is going to be very intriguing. All right, let, let's take a look at some of the games this week. One game that jumps out to me right off the top is Green Bay at Minnesota. You were talking earlier about Kevin O'Connell and what kind of impact he's going to have on Kirk Cousins. They have a history together, and they're going to get a home game against Green Bay. Remember last year, Green Bay's opener, when they got blown out by the Saints? Jameis Winston looked like he was going to be league MVP after one week. To me, it's been an interesting ride for Green Bay. No Devontae Adams. We have Aaron Rodgers has been publicly critical of some of his young receivers, like they got to get their act together. And we'll see if they're ready for week one. I, I'm i guessing right now, I'm looking at this game, that don't be surprised that the Vikings put up a W week one playing for their new coach uh, and Green Bay sort of trying to find themselves without Devontae Adams in that offense. 
I, I, you know what? I'm going to give you another game that feels similar to the one you just gave. So this Green Bay-Minnesota game, obviously a divisional matchup and rivalry, but how about Tampa Bay and Dallas? Absolutely. So Sunday night football matchup, uh, there's a lot of intrigue about Tom Brady in the offseason and preseason camp that he's had with the Buccaneers. He took that um, respite. And it was messaged as something that was pre-planned. And then as the days ticked by, Todd Bowles, head coach of the Buccaneers, was asked more questions, and it didn't sound so pre-planned anymore. And then Tom Brady comes back and he says, hey, yeah, look, I'm going through a lot of you-know-what, and everybody knows I'm 45, you get it. It's like, well, well, no, no, Tom, not, not everybody gets it because everybody, when training camp starts – like they're there. They're there throughout all of training camp. Like this is one of the most unique circumstances in football history. <laughs> I mean, for a guy who has played as well as he has for as long as he has to just step aside with, with really no explanation, it's an oddity. And so that's the reason why there was a lot of questions. And and look, I don't know if it, that reason alone is going to be a reason for the Bucks to struggle or not, but I can tell you this, the offensive line is a mess for the Bucks right now. They've had a lot of injuries. They had a retirement and an important one. Their right tackles banged up. You look at Dallas, I mean, they're, they're like moments away from signing Jason Peters. If that gives you any uh, idea of where they're at, Tyron Smith is out. Like, the Dallas Cowboys have their issues up front. I think this is going to be a much closer game than people think, and I could I could absolutely see Dallas stepping away with a week one victory over the Bucks, hosting them on Sunday Night Football. All right, I mentioned that there will be nine games kicking off simultaneously when we open up the show next Sunday, and the way it works in our studios here, we basically have five viewing venues and we sort of prioritize like we have you know like the uh, overall multitude of games we'll have three main games on but the one game that stands out to me is New England at Miami mm. um i'm so intrigued by this because they're obviously division rivals we have the unknown with Mike McDaniel taking over in Miami the addition of Tyreek Hill is Tua going to take that next jump up but i want to get back to your former team the New England Patriots I mean, every time I see Matt Patricia standing on the sideline with the play sheet, he always looks like he's flipping the card, like it's a menu. Um, like, w what am I looking at here? There doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence, but this is the direction New England's going to go where, you know, longtime defensive coordinator, defensive assistant, former head coach Matt Patricia is going to be calling plays for a Mac Jones that has, by all accounts, underwhelmed in this offseason, getting ready for year two as a uh, as a starting quarterback, let's start with New England. What do you expect? I know you're always an optimist, and for good reason, because Bill Belichick is still on the sidelines, but their over-under on wins is eight yeah. this year, which is eight and nine, meaning a losing season. Are they going to take a step back, or should we be not believing what we are seeing in this offseason and believe more on what Belichick's record is during the regular season. I would pound the over on that win total. Just going to stick that out there. I mean, people who bet against Bill Belichick, they're often wrong, and I'm not betting against the Patriots in very many games this season. Look, I get it. You saw the reports, and Matt Patricia has rarely, if ever, called an offense. 
but and people are talking about well Mac Jones he doesn't seem to be progressing. It's like well okay if he if he doesn't progress very much from last year, um, then he's still a playoff quarterback because that's exactly what he was last year. I understand they they shaped an offense sort of around some of his limitations, and he was a rookie a year ago, and so you know he didn't have an expanded playbook. But I, it even sounded like they they contracted things further, like they made this a little bit simpler for Mac Jones this offseason, and there were some struggles because there were changes as uh, in terms of what voice was going to be in his headset, but with some consistency. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty out the gates. I'm not predicting them to win, you know, huge over the Miami Dolphins in the opener on the road and. South Florida, but I am saying this: like the 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 Patriots have very rarely underperformed for very long, and so you saw the gap year with the the pandemic and COVID really affecting their season in 2020. And Cam Newton was a bridge quarterback before drafting Mac Jones, and it sort of feel like they righted the ship last year. So I'm I'm looking forward to the Patriots. Having a say in the AFC West once again, or in the AFC East once again this year. Another game I want to spotlight real quick before we run. Um, I oh, really hold on, hold on. I want to get to this. All right. Yeah. What do you got on the other side? Let's okay, get on okay, the other side. Okay. All right. Uh, we are looking at the games to watch. Week one in the NFL. We'll continue with some of the best coming up next. Happy, happy, happy here on Fox Sports Sunday. We get ready for 18 regular season weeks in the NFL, plus playoffs. So we're like everybody else out there, all right? Now, we all settle in, whether you're following your favorite team or your own fantasy football team. Once you settle into the NFL season, you have a Sunday routine. And we're no different here on Fox Sports Radio here on Fox Sports Sunday. So, Rich, it's not just about, you know, making sure that we got the right games on and sort of watching every game to make sure we're getting all the information out to our viewers out there. It also is about the uh, food situation as well, because everybody else, you know, you're snacking up normally. Uh, you have to pace yourself, right? It's a long day. You know, oh, you, got, yeah. you got the morning games, you got the afternoon games, you settle in for a little Sunday night football. It's a full Sunday experience. And you got to sort of pace yourself. Um, And then you want to sort of switch things up. So as we get ready for week one, knowing that there are 18 weeks in the NFL season plus the postseason, trying to figure out the menu is a challenge. I don't know how we're going to do week one. Uh, Sam, do you have any thoughts about nutrition week one of the NFL season? How do you feel like we should break it in next week? Hmm. You know, I'm a big uh, fan of, you know, hoagies and subs and, hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't want to get slogged down with maybe that, that, that yeah, bread well, I crash. Don't know. But uh, yeah. sandwiches? Yeah. Like, we could do sandwiches. Yeah. Do sandwiches pizza week one. Yeah. I mean, pizza is always going to be on the way at some point. We understand yes, that. Yes. Um, um, mm. How about I, you, I mean, Ryan? Maybe Any a little preference? Barbecue? What do maybe you think? a little barbecue? Oh, maybe a, maybe a nice tri-tip and some lobster. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you're, you're going like high a, end. I like, like a, that. Yeah. A little yeah. Rich, I think you need to cook up something for us. And I and I Some will meats. and I will make this promise to you guys: the baked goods will return in yes. 2022. Wow. Thank the goodness. long-awaited long baked items that are so famous here will return 
uh, in the fall of 2020. I love how Steve announces this, like uh, he's going to be doing any of the baking. I won't be doing any of it, but uh, he is bankrolling it. Though. But I, oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. I will. I will make it clear to the power, and she is that when it comes to baking stuff. That it's it's long overdue. Yeah, no, it, it is. is. You know, it's been it's, like over a year, I think. Well, although it's right time. now, uh, Denise, uh, you're not going to believe this, Rich. So yeah. Friday night uh, was a birthday dinner for her. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, you told me. So we went to Nobu in Malibu. Uh, yeah. By the way, Lonzo Ball was sitting a couple of tables from us. It's a big celebrity hang. You know, it's one of those places. You know, the prices are outrageous, right? But when yeah. you when you bite into the food, you're like, man, this is cool. I mean, it is, it is so good. Like, yeah, it, it, it's one of those places. Like, no matter what you order, every bite is like, wow. Okay, that's I get it. Uh, and my kids actually paid. I reminded them it was their mother's birthday. Yeah. Um. So anything else? But she wasn't hungry. Like the whole night, she's like, I'm not feeling all that great. I'm hungry. Huh? I'm not hungry. Uh, the next morning, we tested. She has COVID. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Everybody's oh, getting no. it these days. I had it. Now she's got it. She's not feeling hundred percent, but when she when she's feeling better, I'm sure she'll be ready. I'll to be honest with in. you. I you know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna. Denise, it's it's just an excuse, okay? Play like a champion. <laughs> I, I'll eat the COVID cookies. They're that good. Uh, if she were hearing <laughs> you right now, she'd slap you. Uh, oh, I know she would. She, oh, I know she would. She'd be it. But anyway, we'll we'll pace ourselves. All right, so we're we're going over week one. It's funny. You look at the games. There's a couple of games, but seriously, you could do, you could make an argument for any game week one yeah. because oh, yeah. there is so much of the unknown. We mentioned ten teams. Ten teams have a new coach. Going into the new season, but you're about to give us another game. We've already talked a little bit about some of the matchups. We already talked about the Monday night matchup, Broncos Seahawks. We talked about the Packers Vikings, Buccaneers Cowboys, New England Miami. What's another game that you got uh, on your must watch list? Well, we were just talking about one of the teams in the the controversy over who exactly is going to be the starting quarterback between Trubisky and Pickett. Uh, Pittsburgh on the road at Cincinnati. Absolutely. Are the Bengals for real? Yes. You know, Super Bowl slump. They were the second best team in the league a year ago. It was this un- uncertainness entering the postseason and then surviving the onslaught at the end of the game from the Raiders and uh, surviving the nine sacks that the the offensive line gave up and Joe Burrow gave up against the Titans and getting to the final dance with the, the Rams. I mean, is it for real? They added help to the offensive line. And so that's the side of the, the Bengals. And then you, you think about the Steelers. Steelers have just been ultimately a very consistent football team. They've been very good. They had a rough year last year, Ben's final, and now they're moving on, and it's Trubisky or Pickett, so there's interest there at who's going to get the nod for the start. And then just in terms of this being a divisional rivalry and a matchup in the AFC North, which behind the AFC West, in my opinion, is going to be the hottest contested uh, uh, division in the NFL. The AFC North is loaded for bear. You got Deshaun Watson coming back after 11 weeks uh, suspended. You got the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and and what he's going to try to do, especially if the contract extension is continuing to loom. These two teams we just talked about. 
I, I find this division fascinating, so I find the opening game between two division rivals in this division fascinating. Well, another game that is on the early ledger, very interesting as far as the Vegas lines are concerned, not so much on the point spread, but the over-unders. This is projected to be one of the lower-scoring games uh, amongst the first-week games, but you got Baker Mayfield going against his former team. So the Panthers hosting the Browns and Baker Mayfield. This is what I always say about Baker Mayfield. If you go over his career, whenever there's doubt about Baker Mayfield, he's at his best. You know, when he first came out as a walk-on and he proved everybody wrong. And then he goes to Oklahoma and he proves everybody wrong. And then he joins a Cleveland Browns team that had been 1-31 two previous years. They go through a coaching change midseason And he has one of the most prolific seasons by any rookie quarterback in NFL history. And then after a down year, he bounces back once again. But here's the double dynamic. He got a down year for him with a lot of injuries. Basically, he's booted out of Cleveland. He ends up in Carolina. He's at the end of his contract. He's got something to prove. And it just seems like every time you say he's not all that or he's finished or whatever – This guy surprises you. And for him to start off his Carolina career against his former team, the Cleveland Browns, I'm going to guess. I could be totally wrong because I've been so wrong so many times. But if I I had a guess on this one, I think we're going to see a better-than-average performance out of Baker Mayfield week one against his former team. Oh man, and like I mean, I feel like we're going over the entire slate because I, I promise you, we're not. Like we're not focusing on Baltimore Ravens, New York. No, you know what I mean. Like Jacksonville, Washington Commanders. Eh. You're not going to break you... down Matt Ryan's debut for the Colts at, at the Texans. Oh, no. that that one's that one's I interesting knew, because of Matt knew, Ryan with the new I offense. Knew but you were going to say that. <laughs> but right, getting but... back to Baker Mayfield. Are <laughs> you with me on Mayfield Week One? I'm with you on Mayfield Week One. I've been saying it all off season. The best Baker is chip on the shoulder Baker. We haven't really seen it since he left uh, college football, and I'm so glad it's back. And and I, I, I don't mind the authenticity. He is who he is. I know a lot of people don't like it. I know Colin Cowherd doesn't love that sort of stuff. He, he uses this term quarterbackial on this network. He likes his quarterbacks like he likes his politicians. He wants them to be like the, the, the squeaky clean image of the franchise and fit that mode, mode, almost be like senators of their states that they represent. But that ain't Baker Mayfield, and it's never been, and he's never at his best when you're trying to fit that square peg in a round hole. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit of Baker unleashed as a Panthers quarterback, especially playing against his rival now, the Cleveland Browns. But another great game to focus in on, another wonderful division rivalry that is left over from the final game of the regular season last year, literally the final game hold of the regular on, season Hold on, hold on. I know exactly the game, obviously. But first, but first. Yes. Let's find out what's trending right yes. now. Yes. Because Monsi is back. Now, Monsi. Yes. Although she gets the VIP box for USC football <laughs> yeah. games, how is it with you in SoFi Stadium? Have, have oh. you, are you big with the Rams, or the Chargers? Have uh, you been to a lot of games out there? I, I know a... you know a lot of very famous, influential people <laughs> in the Los Angeles yes, area, but how does it work for the NFL 
Monty's schedule. Well, listen, I'm probably going to be here with you guys most Sundays. I'll be here this coming Sunday. Oh, whoa, but... whoa, 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 whoa. Now, if you're going to be here on most Sundays with us, uh-huh. that's right. We were just talking about oh, the Oh, I food. heard. I mean, no, yeah, I was like, know, I wasn't a part of it. So, no, I was like, oh, okay, I'll bring my own veggie wings, my own pizza. <laughs> well, no, I will no, no, sit no. by myself with my baked goods. I will lock my studio Hold and you guys on. can't no, have no, any. No, 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 you, no. You stay right, you stay right <laughs> in there with all no, those no, veggie you, wings. You are 100% in the mix, and we, we, we take into account everybody here, Monty. So, Perfect. Uh, if it's not good for one, it isn't good for any of us. That's no, the way listen, we look at it. I mean, when you serve pulled pork sandwiches, there is coleslaw for you to enjoy. That is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to have something, I'm going to have the pulled pork, not the coleslaw. Now, you we, will we, know this. We, 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 yeah. we know we have the best pizza place here locally because I've heard. we're all into classic New York style pizza, and there's a, such an establishment nearby here. Um, so on your pizza, since you're a pizza connoisseur, yeah. what would be your order on a pizza? What I, are just cheese or I is am there so more? happy with just cheese. Like yeah. I think that is what a pizza is. Yes. But throw in some veggies. I love veggies. But I'm happy with just the cheese pizza. Do you like really. peppers on it? Do you like a little heat on I, your pizza? I don't want like pepperoncinis, but I do like green and red peppers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Pepperoncinis are a little Because Rich Rich likes it hot. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Spicy. I, I don't mind spicy. I can't handle it. I know I'm Latina, but I actually cannot handle a lot of spice. I like it, but I can't handle it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gives you the sweats. Yes. The oh, sweats. a bag of flaming Hot Cheetos. I'm sweating. <laughs> Sweating and dying. Oh, wow. Now that's one but of Rich's I like favorites. It. Yeah. But I love it. I, right. I'd rather die and eat the Flamin' right. Hot Cheetos. Oh, 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 get, get ready for a fall feast here on oh. Fox Sports Oh, Sunday. no. I'm going to bring veggie wings on Sunday. And oh, boy. you're going to love them. You're all oh, going to love them. Can't Look wait. at Sam jumping up and down. He's so excited. Oh, it's happening. How about Week those one? veggie wings? I'll, I'll try them out. You know, they're probably going to leave, leave me feeling a little better afterward than eating yeah. regular wings. Yes. You're going to feel great. going to digest a little easier. Yes. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I'm down for it. We'll mix it. Mix it up. All right. Well, let's start with um, some huge breaking news from the U.S. Open. The Honey Deuce, which is the signature cocktail, is now only $20 instead of $22 because they ran out of souvenir cups. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they have <laughs> ran out of souvenir cups. Everybody seems to be upset. Uh, but now you get to save $2. So good for you. It's a bargain. It's a bargain, 100%. Let's go on to baseball. We got plenty of games on the last Sunday of the year with no football. So let's talk about baseball. The Braves and the Marlins are still in their rain delay. So the Braves are still up 2-0, bottom of the fifth. The Yankees have scored another one. So they're up 2-0 on the Rays, bottom of the seventh inning. The Nationals are still killing the Mets, 7-1, bottom of the ninth inning and we also got the Mariners and the Guardians still in their rain delay as well and the Mariners are still up 2-1 top of the fourth inning the Astros and the Angels just got started Astros are up 2-0 top of the second inning how about this guys Evander Holyfield's gloves from his iconic rematch with Mike Tyson where he bit off his ear they're hitting the auction block if you're interested they seem to be going right now only for about $12,000. The auction closes at the end of the month and they're expected to reach over $100,000 for the gloves. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, mean, that's pretty gloves. cool. Now with more ear. You no. know. <laughs> 
Good lord. I I, I would <laughs> not bet a hundred thousand, but that is a pretty cool one. You remember when I oh, bit off I that guy's ear? These are it. <laughs> that was an insane fight. What am yeah. I conflating two things? Wasn't there a parachuter who landed on the ring or mm -hmm. a, a, it was wasn't it was one of the wildest fights. I might be conflating. That was two different that fights. was Riddick Bow versus Riddick when Bo. they then the guy landed in the ring. <laughs> that was that was Holyfield Bow. That was Holyfield Bow. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, that Tyson fight obviously legendary. Do you remember what his ear looked like oh, after uh, the chop? Uh, yes. Oh God. God, it was awful. But you couldn't not look at it. Like, you, you couldn't... You, no. Yeah. Couldn't look away. We, we miss those days. I mean, when boxing, you know, Rich, <laughs> you know, Monty, Rich and I are such boxing fans, and I, I really had the great golden opportunity to go to Vegas literally every month covering big fights. Mm. Uh, uh, I wish we'd have more of that. I miss it. I miss it. I grew up definitely watching a lot of Oscar de la Hoya uh, oh yeah. Yeah. with my dad. The golden boy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Back to you guys. All right, Monty. Thanks so much. Excited you'll be along for the yeah. ride. Okay, Jim. Throughout okay, the Jim. NFL yeah. season, we got lots coming up here, and we're looking ahead to week one of the NFL season. We mentioned the fact that when we go on the air next Sunday at 10 a.m. West Coast, 1 o'clock on the East Coast, nine games will be kicking off. But there's a game in the afternoon I know you're looking at, and, of course, I've been looking at that game as well. I would imagine it's got to be – Las Vegas versus Los Angeles, which used to be Oakland versus San Diego. Yeah, it did. But it's Las Vegas. Remember when it was going to be these two teams sharing a stadium in Carson, California? That was going to be the, the marriage between the Raiders and the Chargers. But when you talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers, it is a rivalry. It goes back to the very origins of the old American Football League. Oh, buddy. I mean, last year, the final game of the regular season. Unbelievable. Was unbelievable. Yeah. You have a char a 9-7 a, a Chargers team walking into Las Vegas, a 9-7 and seven Raiders team. Remember, they if they tied, they were both in the playoffs. That's right. Remember if that? They tied, if they, they, if they tied it. the game... They were both going in as wild cards in the playoffs. Winner automatically. Uh, Raiders, I mean, it just looks so even from every standpoint. Raiders, 4-4 four and four record at home. Chargers, uh, uh, 4, I think they had a better record on the road. It was like 4-3 and three on the road. Like, I mean, it just, everything you, you, you looked at, every stat, you're like, yeah, the way Herbert's played. Oh, but the way... Derek Carr has played, especially with all the controversy that the Raiders has faced. And you look at these run games and they're pretty even. You look at the defenses, both have had struggles at the pressure they're able to put on the quarterbacks. And it just lived up to every expectation you could possibly have all the way down the wire. Uh, that fourth quarter was one of the more memorable mm. outside of what happened in the postseason between the Bills and the Chiefs was one of the more memorable fourth quarters in recent memory. Uh, it just I, – I look, I cannot wait to reset the AFC West and see who shakes out because you look around and you say, Derek Carr leading this Raiders team that just added Josh McDaniels as a head coach and Devontae Adams, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, uh, uh, Keenan Allen around that offense, unbelievable. Russell Wilson joins this elite group of young, unproven wide receivers 
in Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett as his new head coach. The Chiefs and what they've been able to accomplish over the course of the time that Andy Reid has taken over, but now the Mahomes era without Tyree Kill this this year, and, and you got Travis Kelsey, you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, offensive firepower everywhere you look. Somebody's got to finish fourth. You know, somebody's got to be the worst team in this group. Somebody's got to win it all. I just can't wait to see how this division plays out. So spotlighting this division rivalry to start the season on Sunday. Well, when you talk about that fourth quarter, and I watched that game again, the NFL Network is playing some of the best games of 2021 and certainly a top 10 list, and that game was on the list. But you're watching Justin Herbert, and we've seen this guy for two years now, and even going back to his days at Oregon, we know the kind of quarterback he is. But when you watch the end of that game, I mean, you know, Rich, you you, you can see when the guy has the arm strength, you can see the accuracy. But when you start seeing quarterbacks make throws, like, do you know how impossible that pass was? Like, Like, he put the ball in a spot – that almost seems impossible. That's what we saw with Justin Herbert. The big question to me with the Chargers moving ahead and whether or not they're ready to get to that next level. Remember, this is a Charger team that has not won a division title since 2009. They've only been in the playoffs twice, once with you anchoring the way in that postseason in 2013. But a lot of Charger fans are like, well, I'll believe it when I see it because they're the Chargers. They always find a way, as they did in that game, where they fell behind, made some bonehead decisions, including how about going for it on fourth and two from your own 18-yard line in what was then a three-point game. Brandon Staley, I was talking to Matt Money-Smith, who's been the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers since they moved to L.A., yep. about Brandon Staley and his desire to go for it all the time in fourth down. And the numbers backed him up. I mean, there's a lot of people really behind him in that decision-making. But he brought up, I thought, a, a valid point and why we saw so much of it. Because he had no trust in his defense. Yes. The defense was not just bad. They were awful last year and they brought in all these new players with the Chargers to bolster that defense if Khalil Mack can stay healthy with Joey Bosa certainly makes a dynamic one-two punch rushing the quarterback they bring in a lot of help defensively so if that defense is to the level remember Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator what was the best defense in the NFL the year before with the Rams then maybe we aren't going to see as much risk-taking on fourth down this year. But to me, Staley is still someone that I'm not 100% sold. I could be wrong. They might have a breakout season. I know there's a lot of people that back this guy up. Like, he's the new wave. Like, this is this is the analytics of the game, and he's doing the game. And, you know, people fall, fall in love with these analytics. We'll see. But, I mean, that Charger team, I'm a big believer. I think – I think Josh McDaniels is going to make a major leap from what we saw over a decade ago when he was the head coach of the Broncos. But I'm a, I, I'm still a little wait and see on this Charger team right now. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, a little bit. And I'm not – look, I'm not as shy of the going forward on the fourth down uh, circumstances. I, I really appreciate aggressiveness on offense. I, I don't necessarily agree with every decision he made throughout the course of the season – I think there are times and places where it makes more sense. Um, but if you follow the analytics and if you look at the numbers and you look at the probabilities in some of these circumstances, it actually did make sense and defends his standpoint. But with a great kicker, and, and I don't want to overstate it, but Dustin Hopkins last season, you know, he really was 
as close to automatic inside the 50 uh, 50 yard range for the Chargers. Uh, you can make an argument that there were times where they took unnecessarily ga- unnecessary gambles uh, throughout the course of the season. So, you know, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you know, maybe maybe you play a little conservative and you have a couple couple losses, but you may have a couple more wins than you did a season ago. I, I'm 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 seriously interested if if with a healthy Derwin James. With J.C. Jackson joining this defense, who's an elite cornerback in this league, uh, they got him through free agency. With Khalil Mack coming in trade from the Bears and what he can be when healthy. If, if this Chargers defense gets better in a hurry and he's got a, an ability to call defenses and help call defenses and scheme offenses that they're playing against – the way he hopes to, I think we might see less of those fourth down aggressiveness, especially on the Chargers side of the field this upcoming season. But either way, I am I am pumped to see the AFC West and how this all shakes out. So I'm going to be watching very closely and intently when the AFC West plays. All right, we'll hold off on all that until we get to next Sunday. But what's going to happen between now and then, including the Thursday night matchup between the Bills and the Rams and Week two of college football. We'll break it down coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. I want to thank the crew today. Iowa Sam reveling in the mastery of offense. That oh, God. Set Kurt- the sport back 75 years. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Seven to three against South Dakota without scoring a touchdown. A win is a win, baby. I was actually sitting here with Sam yesterday when they got that second safety. It was a uh, delayed call. I'm like, that's the game. Yeah, there that'll it is. do it. Hey, it's seven. Now everyone thinks we'll actually have scored a touchdown. But, they but did not. even if it was just one touchdown, that would still be inept. You'd yeah, be like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was it was ugly, but uh, ugly. brace yourself, yeah. Sam. Monsi Bolaños. Monsi doing a phenomenal job, and apparently she's going to be hanging out with us this football season, yeah. and we're very excited about that, Monsi. Me too. Yes. It's gonna be great. Yes, maybe you I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring her some veggie wings Woo! coming up next Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I've decided. Like, so uh, Rich is an amazing cook. I've right. heard. Yeah. I know. Yes, I, I just feel like I I I'm need excited. to I need to wrap my head around this. I'm working with. This isn't my first time in my broadcasting career working with a vegetarian or a vegan. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I've got to start opening my mind to this. And so I'm going to extend an olive branch next week. By the weekend. way, uh, yeah. that's Monty, vegan, an olive branch. Monty, are you good uh, with, uh, <laughs> that is with vegan. baked goods? Uh, oh, bake, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh. wait, wait, till you, wait, till you, wait till you savor some that I will be bringing in. Not at my wait. own work, <laughs> but believe me, someone near and dear to me that is a master. And Rich will attest to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's Ryan, who's venturing in, still trying to make up. I think, Monty, you sold him on what he's going to do based on his girlfriend's preference more than his own preference. <laughs> Is that right, He's a Ryan? smart man. He's a smart man. <laughs> That's correct. Breakfast yeah. Republic does look fantastic, but also uh, Rich showed me a flap your jacks. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. which, laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, which it sounds odd to say on the, on the radio, but um, this is a place where you can make your own pancakes at the table. And yeah. that is something whoa, whoa, whoa. that she would also. make your own oh, pancakes. I like that. That's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done this. It's, it's re- they give you like these little squeeze bottles right. and you have a griddle in the middle. It almost, if you've ever it's like been Korean to Korean like, barbecue. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. If you've ever been to like a Korean barbecue restaurant where you grill your own meat. How come meat I never at the table? heard about this place? So, well, dude. I mean, I mean, do you have toppings to put in, like, you know, blueberries or whatever? Yes. Yes. 
We wow. lived. We live like we're practically neighbors, Steve. We yes. could go make some pancakes together. Right, let's Although, do that. If we're doing it, we I got to bring the kids. You know. Oh, so. absolutely. Bring them on down. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, I love that. I, I love pancakes. Oh, me too. I told you, Fletch and I went out to have pancakes without you. You were gone. You know. Yeah, you were on your, yeah I can't believe you do. Um, that. All right. You know, I'm looking already to week two of the college football season. Right at the top, Alabama at Texas. Mm-mm-mm. You know, Sark was brought in with the idea of reviving Texas football, and they fell flat last year, 5-7, and seven, uh, did not look good. They had a uh, gimme first week against Louisiana Monroe. Alabama's a 19-point road favorite, but, you know, we've been talking about USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Don't forget, Oklahoma and Texas are heading to the SEC. Texas football there is no more athletic department that has more money than Texas, and they're being left behind. All yep. the nose is with AM, you know, other schools there. I mean, are we ever going to see Texas get it back? Is Sark the right guy? The answer is yes. Uh, and to answer the second question, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, at some point, Texas, with the amount of resource they have, they will be back on top of college football at some point. And I know that's been said for some part of two decades now, for crying out loud. But but I do truly believe that. And then to further the point you just made – you know, Nick Saban was talking about the media again. Like, like you know, he's like, listen to all y'all with your rat poison. Like, we got a game to play this weekend. And we're going to, you know, Utah State, we're not looking past any point. Any point. And they end, up, they end up absolutely mopping up the Aggies. Uh, so maybe he was right. They were absolutely focusing on week one. But there's no questioning, at least in the early slated games for both of these teams, there could be no better matchup than Texas-Alabama. I can't wait to see it. All right, final predictions on the NFL's first game on Thursday. Bills at the Rams. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to say it right now. Rams not only win, Rams win by at least seven. That is my prediction. I like the Bills, man. I do like the Bills. I think it's going to be a close game, maybe three-point win. For all your NFL news, keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.